Hello and welcome to the Life is Storytelling podcast. Today, we are starting a new series called Side Stories. Side Stories. Where these are going to be harder to predict, like schedule, just because it's going to be kind of like off the off the beaten path. It's when we fucking feel like it. Yeah. Like when we have something we're really passionate about and maybe schedule-wise we can't get it on the main show. So we just try to get work it out on the weekend or whatnot. Um, and for today, the specific topic is all things euphoria. I got my friends into this show. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> thanks to my friend Ashley. Hi. Who got us into the show. She had re- recommended it. She recommended it during October, and I felt bad for saying, like, oh, I can't watch it now. That's It's a themed month, man. I, it's my horror movies. Um, and we had a lot of stuff we were watching for our yeah. movie series. Yeah. But uh, the second I started on that shit, it was great. It was absolutely great. Not emotionally. That felt awful. But it was, it was good stuff story-wise. Ernest, how are you doing today? Damn good, man. I've been looking forward to this day for that's a while not, now. That's and at true. the same time, dreading it. I was going to say, this man, when he started, what, you like one or two episodes in? You weren't even halfway through the uh, yeah, season. It, I was not past episode four. And, and he's like, I don't know if I can do it. Just quitting. Yeah. Precious. Precious. Uh, it was a lot. And, it, and this show is a lot. Um, so all the trigger warnings, um, we have, there's self-harm, um, parental abuse, um, Drug abuse, of course. That's a pretty big one. <laughs> Statutory. What? Statutory. I'm just kidding. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also, spoiler warning. We got, we have, we're going to be going into full spoilers. We're going to start off with some brief opening remarks. And then from there, it's wherever our hearts take us. But are y'all ready? Yes. <laughs> uh, just to open up with my opening thoughts. I love this show. I it took me a little bit to get through season one, not like out of not wanting to. It just took a little bit to like space it out. Um, when I got to season two, I watched that in twenty four hours. Like I, wow. Like I literally because God of War is a recent game that came out. I was playing that, and I literally got on God of War. I was like, kind of want to know what's happening on Euphoria though. So I was like, I'll watch an episode, and then that was my life. That was my life for twenty four hours. Um, there's a lot of emotions from it. There's a lot of greatness from it, and I'm really excited to go into it, and I'll just leave that at that. For me, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, it it was rough, especially at the beginning. Um, I got just a couple of episodes in, and, and I'm going to say really what got me through is just like how beautiful the show is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an experience, you know? It's not even just like a show. It's a whole-ass experience, and... Man, because what it was episode three or four that I was just like, man, this is hitting like too close to home. This is fucking me up. Like, I feel actually like physically stressed from this, you know? (laughs) So like, let me just stop. And then I was like, let me just see what happens real quick. And man, I'm so happy that I did because like going through it was like a weight on my chest. And but then finishing it, and looking back on it is so it's so spectacular it is so well done like i care about damn near every single one of these characters fuck you nate um down to like the smallest side characters i I love you bb you're awesome (laughs) and (laughs) whoop her ass maddie okay but we'll get to that um yeah man i I love this show so much i'm so glad that y'all forced me to watch this shit (laughs) so I love this show. I Clearly. it took me a while to like 
find this show, I guess, to watch it, but I had always heard about it and I was always curious about, you know, Euphoria. I'd seen like snippets of it. Um, finally got the first season, watched it in like one sitting, and then begged for the second season, basically. So I was one of the people that had to wait for each episode to come out. Sounds so awful. Um, <laughs> we'll be there next season. Yes. Though. But one thing that I can say about this show without going into detail about the characters or the storytelling of it is that it uses every type of media. And I think it touches up on like everybody's interest in a way that I think anybody could watch the show. If you can sit through the harsh content of it, there's so much to take from it that it's just... <laughs> you might hear a cat in the background. We are joined by the wonderful Yuli. Yes. Um, she's a chatty lady. She's, she's watched it with me a couple of times. It's, she's it's, the emotional support cat yeah, for this episode. She, absol- she absolutely is. It's, there's depth from everything, from like the music to the visuals to the character development to the, the storytelling of it all in all the different ways that it does it. That It's an amazing show. How many times have you watched it? Three times, like all the way through. You're such so a the, trooper, So the first man. season I watched probably four times, but like second season at least three now. <laughs> because when it was only one season, you kept going back to that Absolutely, first season? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, wow. because every time you go back to it, you'll find something new. You'll pick up on a song and you'll see how it plays into like explaining the character. There's, there's so much about Euphoria that just you can take from it each time you watch it, you know? I don't know. I think it's pretty surface level. No, um, but with that, I think that concludes our opening thoughts. Ash, start us off. Let's get into it. So actually, the first thing that I want to bring up is the music. Because the the artist Labyrinth, I believe is his name, mm-hmm. he writes a majority of the songs that are in the soundtrack. Um, and he sat down with Zandea. He sat down with the director, like... They went over how this music was going to play out to explain these characters. So the first episode being mainly with Rue, um, she introduces herself in the way that she's battling a lot of mental disorders um, or disabilities. And with that, she found that with drugs, she could find silence. And they use music to represent the feeling that she gets when she can't even feel herself breathe, that she's just out of her element, out of her mind, and she can, like, not exist almost. Yeah. You know? And and it's all just explained in that one scene, really, where she's just breathes in, and then they start the song from Labyrinth. And it's, like, that was when I was hooked, honestly. I was like, all right, this is going to be great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's already so much to take just from that, and that's, like, in the first few minutes of the episode. Absolutely. Yeah. And it explains Rue. It explains, like... At least to me, I, I don't have a, I haven't experienced any sort of addiction with substances. Um, so I'm out of my element when I'm saying I understand it here. But with getting to know Rue, it's not just someone that's seeking like some sort of excitement from drugs. Like she's she's seeking a way out of her mind, you know, and that I can understand. I have anxiety. Like there's so much going on up there that like to have a moment where you don't hear anything it's got to be amazing, you know, not to <laughs> convince anybody to do anything. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah. But it, it gives you kind of an insight in like the mind of someone that could be seeking out substances and an answer that like there's reasoning behind it, even though you don't want there to be. Yeah, there is, you know. So that being said, I'm still out of my element with this. But with this show, it gives me like this insight on even different aspects of 
people that maybe I would have never considered. You know, Maddie. Yeah. Maddie's yeah, a character yeah, yeah. that a like yeah, she's she's a character and we're gonna touch up on all of them, honestly. <laughs> she I'm nothing like Maddie at all. I'm not like a fighter like her. I'm not, you know, as confident as she is and but I understand her. Mm-hmm. I understand like they give you this perspective of her childhood where she she grows up to see there's people that are being serviced and there's people providing the service. Mm-hmm. And her mom is a person that's providing the service. But she saw that the people being serviced, they weren't doing anything special. They weren't crazy smart. They weren't like super successful people. They just got to a point where they could be serviced. And that was her goal. Her goal was just to be the person that's being serviced, you know? And in a way you can get that. You can see her like motive behind a few things where she just like, she's getting to that point. She's pushing to that point. That's what she's aiming for, you know? Like how she looks, how she dresses, like that's her focus is to be that person that gets serviced. You yeah. Know? I, I would have never, I would have never got that from someone that like just from an outside perspective of who Maddie is. She's just this like tough bitch, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And he did say, it's like those are two, because you've been, you've, so far we've started with Rue and Maddie, two great characters to start with. Obviously, you start with everyone starts with Rue. Absolutely. Um, but as you were highlighting there, this show does a really good job of taking you through everyone's perspective. Absolutely. And yeah. as you've gone, we've—I mean, we've all watched seasons one and two. I would say everyone um, has stayed true to their character, and you can understand where their arcs go. That's not us agreeing with anybody. I'll get yeah. into one of my favorite characters in a minute. I'm not supporting anybody's decisions here. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't support, like, substance abuse, and we see the destruction of it, too, with her mom, or this is speaking on Rue, with her mom or with her sister, Gia, you see that pure destruction, but Rue still is constantly seeking that silence. She's constantly seeking that way out, you know, and you see the destruction of it, but it doesn't stop her because that's her moment, you know, where she just breathes in and silence exactly and like another thing i really like about the show because as we were just talking about bringing in perspectives it doesn't lean one way or the other it shows you everyone's yeah like you get why rue's doing it and there are going to be points in the show you're definitely going to be like oh my god i'm mad at you yeah absolutely. But you don't actually hate her because you know it's not one it's not 100 percent her fault yeah but um along with that like gia her whole thing being the one who called in the yeah. od and everything and they show that flashback so many times they do yeah. and it hurts so much more it does. each time yeah because it kind of develops more and more to like first you see the flash of rue on the floor like choking then you see gia being the one to find her choking you first see gia opening the door saying rue Rue, are you okay? You know, to then the ambulance coming in and the EMTs coming in. And like, I was pointing this out to Chris Ernest, um, that the scene of the EMT telling Gia to go get a towel is on point because that EMT does not need that towel. She's just trying to get her out of the room to like stop the trauma, the trauma that's developing there. She's just trying to get her to think about something else to like, change her pace of where she's going in her mind with all of this like the whole thing of her being like baby please just go me go get me a towel just go get me a towel i just need a towel please i need your help go get me a towel like that right there is the attention to detail that's provided throughout the entire show where they're considering like what would an actual emt do in a situation where there's this like sister that's called for you know her 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 close her older sister overdosing you know how would someone handle that situation they show you like they're trying to help you they're trying to like 
get her out of the you know point of view of it's her sister that's literally on the ground choking to death you know it, it's so dark but it's all it there it's all like ah. <laughs> but it's such a dark there's a lot of darkness in this show but it's told in such a beautiful way yeah and honestly very vibrant usually yeah um, there's specific shots uh, where like you'll see somebody riding on a bicycle through th- like a narrow thing of trees and it looks like the yeah. only light is a flashlight and like those the feeling you get from that it's insane absolutely it's insane. Yeah. yeah there's I a lot mean, of craft here along with just storytelling yeah well craft like the the costume design the outfit design the makeup design the hair I mean they focus on so much to create a vibrancy for the characters like Jules is a great example as to like expressing oneself and being confident in oneself that like the makeup artists i saw quite a bit of interviews where they were talking about like everybody trying to replicate a lot of the looks that they had throughout the series because they were so well done and portraying everything that they portrayed you know like the carnival scene the makeup that they even had for the carnival scene for rue where she kind of had like the glitter that's under her eyes and almost looks like she's crying and it follows throughout, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Ernest. What do you want to say? <laughs> no, I don't know. I just <laughs> shit. <laughs> there's there's so much to talk about with this show. There is like, yeah. uh, but I think the big pull, the biggest pull. It's hard to put it above the others because the visuals are beautiful. Like you said, the the score and the sound and everything on the yeah. show is just so well done. Um, but. The storytelling is just done so originally here. Um, yeah. There's there's not a lot of stories told like in this manner, and they really do take time to flesh all of those characters out. Like you're saying, like you can see the motivation behind why Maddie is the way that she is. Yeah. Like they do a really good job of fleshing out like everybody's trauma, so that you can really understand yeah. each person's perspective. Like. Even the worst characters in the fucking show, or not the worst, like they're doing a bad job at performing because nobody does in the no. show. I can't pick out a bad performance. But like the probably the least favorites, like Nate and Kyle, like they're fucked up bad people pretty much. Yeah. But um, like you see how they got there though. Yeah. Like you see the shit that they went through to make them how they are. And it doesn't give you an excuse to be a shitty person, but it's like, okay, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right, and they do so well to flesh that out that, like, there's so many of these characters here that I love, like, deeply, and I want the best for them. And then I'm, like, so pissed at them, like, fucking 30 seconds later because they're doing some fucking dumb shit. But I get why they're doing it because I know their fucking backstory and stuff. Like, it's wild, man. It's wild. Like, oh, I'm so sad that Cat isn't going to be back the next season. Yeah. Because I really need more on that character, man. Because she, like, when she was starting the whole, like, sex work thing on the internet, fucking uh, a little bit of me was like, yo, don't do that. You're too young. And then another part of me was like, fucking get that shit girl yeah 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 like i felt so good for her when she started feeling good about herself and then yeah when like the scene of her in the like walking in the mall where she's you know fully feeling herself right she's like you know what no one likes a like a bigger girl that just is 
confident in herself mm. they can't look away and you see the scene of everybody just watching her and like the music and everything and she's she's cool as shit you know like she's feeling herself and you could see that people envy that yeah yeah and that people like are cheering it on and stuff too and like some of those motherfuckers are creeps but <laughs> absolutely yeah but like i mean for her to feel validated it's nice yeah. to see you know yeah and you can see that she found in a way like uh, a kind of confidence in understanding men almost right. where she's like you know what like i could do whatever the fuck i want <laughs> you know <laughs> like i i can do what i want and no one can stop me in a way you know because she realized that these men just want her and she's like i could give them that or i could take it away like in the carnival scene was kind of a revelation for her that she was with someone that was well known mm. well known still talked about in their high school and she's like and I didn't even, you know, I didn't even finish. And oh, that was yeah. cool. Like he, he was, he was just some other dude, you know, <laughs> like to kind of have the confidence in that, that like, she doesn't need to be nervous around them. Like she's got that power in herself, you know? Absolutely. Um, I love Kat in season one. I, there's so many moments, like you're talking about that mall scene. I can literally just, I think I'm going to remember that scene forever. Yeah. Like that sequence, her just entering the mall. It is powerful. Yeah. It Even before so you much. see people looking at her, you feel like you're one of the people looking at her. It's yeah. so good. And um, I'm fairly certain, like even with that, cause like the music playing at that point too, it's just so much, like it gave me goosebumps. I yeah. was like, oh my God, look at her go. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing is we can even acknowledge that she was smart mm -hmm. in her like starting up this business per se, that she even was like, do you guys know anything about cryptocurrency? You know, that she was looking into Bitcoin as a way to avoid like any sort of transactions following mm -hmm. her or anybody be able, being able to find where she is. Like you could tell that she was being smart about it. Absolutely. You know? So, such good character development. It is. Just, yeah. Um, I will say, because I had already known she wasn't going to be part of the show when I got, bef before I even started this. Like, I, yeah. I knew she was leaving. Um, so I did not expect much from season two. It was honestly more than I was thinking there was going to be. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there's definitely a point where her story just is gone. Yeah. She's just a side character. And I... Everyone else is so great. I didn't feel like I, I, I was lacking anything there. And that's why I feel like I need more from her character. I, I would have needed more in her character for season three is because, man, at the end there. Well, you know, I understand that she got herself out of a situation that she didn't want to be in, breaking up with Homeboy barely breaking up with him that was um, so that was yeah, such dude, a bad back and was, forth not acting well everyone has a great performance but it, it was like cat you jerk yeah, <laughs> oh my God. yeah she was just a real asshole right there and that's pretty much like how the season ended for her mm -hmm. and to have no follow-up on that like i'm a little disappointed yeah um but it's drama I, behind the I scenes understand, yeah it's behind the scenes stuff and i also feel that not that she was an amazing character and yeah. that she wasn't bringing anything to the table but they have enough here where they can focus on other characters and it's going to be okay if they're just like, yeah, it's crazy cat move. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically in season two, there is a character who's almost irrelevant in season one and she has a huge step up. And I, if you have to make this decision here, I, I'm so glad it happened. May I have a name? Her name's Lexi. Oh yeah, man. She's, she's a pretty damn big part in season yeah, two. She's one of my favorites. She's phenomenal. Oh my God, dude. She's so good. Um, but that's like the thing you were talking about the storytelling. It's my favorite type of storytelling is character driven story. Like you don't have these plot devices. You don't have like, Oh, this, 
character found B to get them to point C and all this stuff. You just have the characters' motivations. I love these characters. Like you get the their intros as children. Like you learn like how who what how they grew up, what they saw around them, and what could have. And it doesn't tell you specifically like this is why, this is why, this is why. You just can see it. It's told so organically. And then from there, it's like they just let the kids run loose and we're just watching life just happen. Just mesh. Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, it's like, okay, cinematographer, blow our minds. Yeah, <laughs> And they fucking do. They do. They do. They do. They do. They do. Um, and it all with the music, the cinematography, the directing, the acting, it's all so many good performances. If you hear us say anybody like we hate them. It's because they're doing too good. And it's like, what do they call it? The umbrage effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like they're, they're doing too good at being bad. Um, but like, uh, as you said, I know I just wanted to echo it. There's not a single bad performance. I not think they're all. all great. It's insane yeah. that Nate's mainly known from the Kissing Booth trilogy. <laughs> Wild. Dude, I, I looked a lot of these motherfuckers up on IMDb and like. I don't know very, who that Rue girl is. Very few. <laughs> you must be up. Very few of them. Very few of them uh, have, like, a lot of credits. Yeah, because um, they're also, and it, it goes into, like, how they're playing the characters the way they are. They're all very young. They are adults, because obviously you can't have them doing what they're doing in this show and be children. Yeah. But so, they are, yeah. So what's actually pretty neat is I think quite a few of them they found through Instagram. Um, really? Jules, Jules specifically was one of them that she, I think she was modeling before. Um, so she was kind of getting up there, but they had like the casting directors had found her and they're like, Hey, how do you feel about acting in a series? Um, because she fit the description of what they wanted for Jules. Well, that's awesome. For a majority of, you know, a, a big portion of the story being that well, this is her breakout role. Yeah. Like being this is that her biggest Yeah. Thing. Being that they're trans, you know? So yeah, they found, they found quite a few of them through, through Instagram. Yeah. Because I remember seeing, there was like an interview that they did with Jules, but they were talking about the scene with her with Cal. Um, and they were asking her, you know, how how did you feel doing this scene because it's almost uh i'm gonna say r word so that we can save some people okay um <laughs> it's almost an r word scene um and so they asked her like how did how did that go you know <laughs> she was working with someone that's well known in acting cal cal has been in a massive role in the um Grey's anatomy series okay um so he's already got some background with like filming scenes and i think she was explaining that like she had the group of people there kind of guiding her through what she needed to do, she needed to do that it was just kind of a like all right i guess i just got to <laughs> you know act like i'm having a rough time but like in the character of Jules they even kind of touch up on how she was able to like handle such a a rough experience you know that they had Rue kind of do like a little voiceover in a way of saying like you know, Jules was telling me that when she had rough times with her mom or when she had rough times with her dad, she'd like go into the bathroom and pray to God. And it wasn't because she like believed in that religion at all or believed in any of it, but it just took her away from like the situation that she was in. She can just kind of take her mind out of being in her body in a way. And that's what they like as we're being told that. Jules is dealing with a rough situation, you know, <laughs> and that's that's when you can kind of connect the two of like, she's just acting like she's not there. She's not present. It's not going to affect her, you know, avoiding the reality of the situation. Can I, are you a Grey's Anatomy fan? I am, yeah. 
um, seeing Cal in that capacity and then because I'm not familiar with this character on that show, but seeing him on Grey's Anatomy and then seeing his performance here, is it like pretty extreme differences? Um, like, were you surprised by his performance? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because in Grey's Anatomy, at least the actor plays this kind of he was uh, mixed teamy, I think is what they called him. So he oh, he's like, him. He's him. Oh, he's him. see, yeah. I've heard the name a million times yeah, and I'm pretty sure I've seen the pictures. Right. He's right. Mixed-teamy, and oh, he, so he still plays this kind of like asshole in a way. But okay. not the way that Cal is, especially like to go more into Cal when they reveal his whole backstory of having kind of a dad that was. I'm assuming physically aggressive to like, you know, prove a point. Um, and then to find out that he's gay with someone that he absolutely loves. Right. Like, right. When they explained the friendship that he had with, you know, his buddy, it, it, they did it so well that you can tell that that was one of those like soulmate moments. Exactly. And then it's they, the only sweet moment with Cal. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But it's so sad too, because, you know, he finds out that, his wife, Marsha, you know, was pregnant at the time when he had finally found that they both love each other, him and his buddy, um, to then finding out, you know, there's no option. He's just got to stick with Marsha, right? Like, that could that could break a person. Not only are you losing, like, a soulmate, essentially, because they already explained that they were going to different colleges, too. There's that separation there. Like, that was their goodbye when they realized that they loved each other. It's It's so sad. It's not... A redemption for Cal's decisions later on, but at the same time, it's like, damn, dude. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it, it's it again. It, it does a good job of not playing any sides. Um, like I know you watch the Jeffrey Dahmer series. Yeah. Um, watching like criminal stuff like that is it's very popular, obviously, um, and it's never about trying to side with somebody. It's yeah. just understanding the mind of somebody who does things. Yeah. And here, exactly. it's obviously not on the level of Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, no. But. It's so, and it's my favorite thing about this. Obviously, everything's like presented to you in a very artful way with yeah. like color, vibrancy, music, art. Um, but it's all like the actual story and the things you're dealing with are so grounded and real. Yeah. And the the way they do elevate it is just visually, and it's yeah. so well done. Well, and they literally show Cal going through basically a midlife crisis when he realizes that he's fucked. Like he's like, I'm going to go to jail at some point. That. That's that DVD, that video is gone. Someone has it, you know, and then the classic scene that was popping up on like TikTok audio and on Twitter everywhere. The I'm I'm fucking confused. You're fucking confused. I'm fucking confused, bro. Like when he thinks when Nate tricks Cal into thinking that somehow this video ended up in the hands of um, basically the drug lord of the, the, the series. Fez. Fez. Who is an absolute sweetheart too? <laughs> um, Nate tries to trick his dad into thinking that they have it, and his dad took the the actions that anybody would to try and like save themselves of trying to show up at their place um, to only get beaten up by Ash. <laughs> yeah. um, but it just shows the depth. It, it you never would have thought that those two characters would have even interacted, mm -hmm. you know. But then when they do give you an interaction, it's exactly like. What, how you'd hope it would go was just with the pure confusion. And, like, you understand Fez at that point that he's not one to be, like, quick to violence either. Yeah. You know, he's going to sit there and be like, why are you here? You know, mm. what? 
do you want from me, man? You know, and he doesn't. Uh, obviously, Cal's the one instigating everything here. Yeah, like it's it's all on him. But I love because at first, because it's even just the way he looks. He's a big man. Yeah, and like from his introduction, where you first see him with Jules, he seems like a powerful dude. You hear the like the stuff about like he owns yeah. like half the half the buildings in town. He built them. Um, he has this reputation and all this stuff. And then that first time you really get to see who Cal really is, yeah. is when he's like begging Jules, "Please don't get me in trouble." Yeah. And from there, it's just like, oh, dude, this guy's not this guy ain't shit. He, well, and that's <laughs> he's a scared thing, for a good, like, very good reason. But yeah. aside from. I hate to call it a mistake with Jules because obviously she's underage and that's a big, that's a big, you know, situation. Um, him filming her is what for me, I understood being the only problem. Yeah. Um, aside of course from her age, but you could tell that he like, he, he didn't love his life. He didn't love the situation that he was in. He didn't love his kids because they put him in that situation, which he gives an amazing performance on explaining them, you know, that they're the problem. As he's decorating his house. Yeah, yeah. as he's decorating his house. <laughs> um, but aside from that, you could see that it was just someone that was desperate to get a connection with people that he felt closer to than, you know, his own oh, family. Oh, man, the scene where he goes back to the bar. Yeah. Mm. Well, even him talking to the person that he, like, he, it, you know, that he's talking to in the hotel room, and he's like, is it me? Like, I, I don't know yeah. if they know that this is happening, but am I the reason why they're so angry? Like, you can see him breaking down in the way that he's like i broke my children you know i broke nate <laughs> yeah that scene with the the individual that he calls over to the hotel room like after everything has pretty much gone down already and he's like just breaking down to them like yeah. fucking oh man that shit is is it, it was so wild and then to see them like just sit back on the bed and like you know what like i'm gonna listen to you after being like um just very like boisterous and just like ready yeah. just so down for like what's about to go down there yeah. and then for the mood to just completely switch like that and they like stop and listen and it's I don't know. It, it's so wild that like they bring in th these characters for one scene and it's like, wow. Yeah, the impact. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, well, yeah. if you want to talk about side characters, Faye. Oh, Faye. I fucking love Faye, yeah. bro. She's she's, she's a fan favorite, yeah. Yeah, she <laughs> She's so dumb. I mean, we could talk about the I first scene that we like see her in. Yeah, where that's, she's, that's you know, the main reason I say that because she just lifts that leg up like a cat. <laughs> like a, clack, a cat cleaning itself and like <laughs> fucking just and Rue's like oh is that in the lip <laughs> like, <laughs> damn and then you see her getting yanked out of the car they did leave the detail in of the needle still in her leg while she's getting pulled out of the car it's only so many scenes and so many lines for a good part of it that you get with the uh the teacher drug dealer i don't have her name at the moment but um Oh. In that scene, they pull them up into the into her apartment and put oh, like shoot. guns What's to their heads name? and make them strip and shit. And What's her name? She plays a big role. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not big like on screen, but she plays a big role. Right, like it it is very big for the story. Yes, for sure. And um, her character is just so wild. How she just stays like completely calm yeah. the whole time. It's the it's the completely opposite of what you get from like your common 
like drug dealer well, on a show yeah. or you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. From like mouse. from mouse yeah. to her. And then mouse was working like for her, like yeah. fucking and for her to just be so like mild mannered. And even when she threatens Rue and she's like, like, I'll have to sell you to some pretty bad people. Yeah. I'm not I kidding. I will find a way like, to get my money back. And she's just like <laughs> calm faced the entire time, like straight faced. Like, I don't know what that is if it's like a condition or like some sort of trauma that know, she's yeah. been through or something but it's so fucking creepy and scary bro that's that yeah and, and then because well, she's hooking up with that scary ass dude too yeah well <laughs> that, and if you were following like when they were releasing the episodes there were so many times that i was like did they just kill off rue like especially uh, when she got the suitcase and she's like in her room dancing with her dad and it's just oh, her man. there on her own. Like, that's how they end the episode. I seriously was there like, did they just kill Rue? Did they just kill Rue? You know? <laughs> so Rue breaks my heart, man. And that's probably the main reason. Where I, like, it was her situation being so fucked up. And then a bunch of fucked up situations around it. But her specifically is what made me think about Stop Watching It. Like... Rue reminds me so much of my niece, like her mannerisms and the way that she speaks and like her sense of humor mm. and stuff. And just the way that like she's so artsy and just like wears what she wants and just like fuck it, you know, yeah. like that is so Alina, bro. Or and as Jules puts it, she's dressed. She dresses like Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except Lena don't dress like Seth Rogen, except when she wants to. And then she just pretties up. But. <laughs> Uh, there's a little bit of jewels in her too, probably. Yeah. But um, fucking ah, uh, like just having that, like I immediately made that attachment. Like once you start to get to see like who she is when she's like not like fucking throwed and shit. Yeah. Like um, and then seeing her go through all of that stuff was just so heavy on my heart, man. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time when she has those up moments it made me so much more happy for her than i think yeah. i would have been otherwise like oh man because rue is just so enjoyable when she's sober and stuff and she can be such an asshole when she's fucked up <laughs> like oh my god that shit and it's those scenes too that got me like i got a lot of family you know that are addicts and stuff like this and people done some pretty bad shit i've been i've been to aa meetings and stuff like that yeah, yeah i was an alcoholic i or am I, you never stop being an alcoholic or whatever yeah. but i mean y'all see me like i drink socially with y'all and shit i haven't been drunk drunk in a long time but there was a very dark time like yeah. i i got sent to treatment i didn't like even choose to go like they sent my ass like fucking there's so many things in this show that it's just like oh it's so yeah. cringe but like oh, it feels so good to see people like overcome yeah. that shit, and not though. to take anything away from like what you're saying it this show definitely it does so well at providing so much context and story for each character that there's no way that you can't find a character to relate to mm. like as I'd said earlier, I haven't, you know, had substance abuse problems, but I found that I related a lot to Rue when they provided the depression episode. That she she even was like, you know you're depressed when you can't even watch, you know, Love Island. 
you know you, you know you're depressed when you can't even watch reality tv shows anymore like that's yeah. when that feels like work and like just that sentence on its own is like i felt that you know i've been there i've been there thinking that like even the most simplest tasks were work and they did so well at representing like a low you know or when someone's reaching that low and this was after like jules had decided to leave her at her lowest and go and see her friends and talk about this amazing weekend after the fact you know and and rue downplays it like she doesn't tell her you know truly how horrible of a weekend it was for her like oh i just gave myself a kidney infection but you know why because you weren't going to the bathroom you were that depressed you know and like they touch up on like this the mental disorder of it like mm. dealing with depression but in her case it was bipolar mm. and so her they even had her mom kind of there helping her in the shower and like you know taking her to the hospital taking care of her and this was before even you know she's trying to fight um coming off of some heavy stuff <laughs> you know her mom once again helps her but like you know they touch up on just like the mental disorder impact of it of like you know they were told that there were going to be the lows but then there was also going to be the highs with it like she was going to be the happiest that she can be and they show her like dancing and excited or spending time with her sister again you know the the, the fact that they touch up on that so nicely with rue aside from even her fighting her addiction that like that's just one character <laughs> that's just one character you know absolutely and i'm going to use this moment to segue into her special episode um i love your special episode mainly because it gave us a huge it's the biggest point you're going to get like ollie yeah like, it's it's and it's not to say it's just his episode it's their back and forth that sells it um but in this special episode is probably the least like cinematic it's just them in a diner having yeah. a conversation. Um, but I, too, have family that has struggle with addiction and whatnot. And I've had to find myself in a position having to, I don't know if you've ever had to visit somebody while they're in these, like, in rehab. Um, and then you have to have a really serious talk about being forced to, like, hey, I don't like it when you're like this. Yeah. And they have to face that. And they have to face Then they're, it's just really real about them talking to you about, like, maybe how you influence some of the reasons they were doing drugs. Yeah. Um, and they do such a good job here of just being incredibly real. It was both hard to watch. It was very emotional. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, I, I, was, on, I was hung on every word. Um, and my favorite thing here, because I'm not a religious person. But I think they do religion really well here. They do. Absolutely. Because yeah. religion is a huge part of recovery. And yeah. if, you, if you've been into an AA meeting, you know what one of the steps is literally involving, like, accepting there's a power greater than yourself. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and it's incredibly important. Like, if you're not, if you haven't been there, it can seem like, why are you pushing that on people? But these, not to sound too negative about it, but these are people who are quite literally just not doing great right now. Um, and it is actually very helpful to think that there is something better than yourself that love that can love you. And they do such a good job because it's not preachy. It's not preachy at all. Um, cause we've all watched our share of movies or t our share of TV shows. It can easily just be like the most nonsense, nonsensical crap. It could be Linus at the end of the Christmas peanuts. With the, <laughs> with the great pumpkin. Yeah. Are you serious? No, the Christmas one. Uh, oh, fair enough. Jesus. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it still works Christmas. actually either way. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, they do such a good job. Unlike, 
I feel like it's equal because we never like buys into the religion religious aspect. Um, granted, that's not a, like a thing that you just immediately like. Oh, okay, I'm gonna do this now. Um, it's just such a good conversation, and like you get Rue's perspective, and like there's a point where she stops lying. It's like I actually don't want to get better, and Ollie's like, "There we are. Now we're gonna get into some real shit." And then, like, that's, like, 15 minutes in. And that thing's an hour. Like, it's so good. They touch on so many moments. I also love the, uh, they have just one other character in that entire episode. Oh, the, the woman. Yes. And when he asked her, like, would you be able to have got where you've gotten if you were in a relationship? And what she explains there that's right. is so nice, man. And, it, and like, again, it's so real. And it, yeah, it really feels... The relationship takes a lot out of them. It really feels like they just brought in... I, I, I don't know if this is the case. If they just like brought in a real person and asked them that question. Because she just speaks so from the heart and stuff. That entire episode is just all... Feels like it's from the heart. Exactly. So real. And that they're really feeling these emotions and stuff. It's insane. And then we get Ollie on the telephone. God damn. Oh, yeah, man. And that's the thing is like throughout the duration of the majority of this series, Ali is such a strong character, you know. And, but, you know, once they turn that perspective around and they show you like where he's coming from, like they do with everybody. Exactly, man. It's like you you see them you see cracks in in that like shell and he we're just seeing and they again in that one episode they go into the fact like because Rue like ad, ad, admires him to some extent right and he's like you're seeing me on the other side of this I've done some shit yeah I'm a, I've like, done some I'm things a bad and man, us as yeah. the viewer are in the same boat as her like we're seeing like oh he's great he's he's there for her he's real with her it's what she needs. Um, and just like that line says, we just don't know the other part. We don't get his childhood introduction. Maybe that'll be th- season three. Um, but at the same time, I don't actually think we need it. it. Of course, if they do it, that's no complaint. But like, you just get to know him so well through Rue's conversation. It's insane. It's and ridiculous. The way that they bring that in towards the end of season two when she has, oh, God. When she has her episode. I was shaking my head at the fucking oh, TV. Bro. I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Like, and to see him like hurt, you know. When- and he still gave her because it's like a two striker. Yeah. He says she says one thing, and he's like, "If you say one more personal thing like that, we're done." And the camera lingers, and I'm like, "Come on, baby girl, come on, come <laughs> and on!" And then Rue just, oh. oh, bro, just nosedive, bro. But like, oh man, when. All that shit goes down, and she, like, really hits rock bottom right there. Like, fuck. It, it was so rough. The fucking cop chase and all this shit. Yeah, it so it's a whole intense, episode. Man. It's pretty it's, much a whole episode. It's of a just, whole episode of just her freaking the fuck out. And ruining people's lives. <laughs> and just, yeah, man. It's so wild. So I love that episode. Definitely as much as you guys do. Um, I want to give credit to Zandaya. Absolutely. This show doesn't exist without it starts it starts off with her being someone in pure desperation when they find out that they lost that like ten thousand dollar suitcase worth of drugs. Like I, I was sitting at the edge of my seat, like, oh, what did you do with it? What did she do with it? Like you don't know what this means for Rue, you know? <laughs> you hear her yell that at her mom. Yeah, yeah. And like her mom you catch at one point starting to question like where did you get these from? Like, what's going on? What's happening? You know, but the the mom, just to highlight the mom in that episode where she 
she's like first she's like standing her ground and she's like no rue like this isn't okay you're doing drugs you know to then her breaking when gia gets involved and she's there defending gia like she's over her body and she's like please rue please just go you know like get 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 out of here please you know closing the door locking it I mean, Zendaya broke the door. She yeah. kicked that door down, you know? And that that's someone that just, like, they lost it all. And they're losing it even more because they're coming down from everything. And it just shows. It shows it all. And just even that the first few scenes, you know? My sister, man. I, I talked to her after she had seen, um, like, one or two of the Spider-Mans. And she was like, it's so fucking weird seeing her in that role. And I was like, why is she grading it like as, <laughs> as MJ? And uh, she was like, it's just so different from how I'm used to, to like seeing her. Because I didn't see Euphoria until like I finished it last week, you know, and I binged the whole thing. So like I saw the Spider-Man movies before I saw this shit. And I definitely see what the fuck she was talking about <laughs> because it's a very different performance. Like she's great in Spider Man. She Absolutely. she plays that role great. But man, you just you get to see her chops here, bro. And it's magnificent. She yeah. gives such an amazing performance. Like I need to see these fucking movies that it, she's in. It truly, cause. it truly feels like someone that's just facing pure desperation. Absolutely, like because she goes from being aggressive to being desperate to being sad to being angry again to begging to bargaining. You know, like she goes through all of it and she says horrible things to her mom. Absolutely horrible. Like, you know, I'm not doing well. G is not doing well. It's on you. You know, oh. like. And and her mom still takes care of her after that. But, like, then she realizes, you know, when you get the, where's the suitcase, where's the suitcase, to then Jules. And you find out that Jules and Elliot are there. And you just hear, we flush them. And, it like, to me, it was dread because, like, Lori? Was it Lori? Yes. The drug yes. dealer? Okay. Yeah. Lori? Was yeah, I was like... Lori's coming for you, girl. Like she's gonna, she's gonna sell your body. You know, like that's, and it's, it's euphoria. They wouldn't hesitate to do that. You know, to, to further the story. Years and they're like, oh my god, you flushed it. You know, like I don't agree that she had that suitcase to begin with. You know, but at the same time, like, oh my goodness, Lori's coming. You know, <laughs> like you don't know, right? I was still in disbelief that she even got the suitcase. <laughs> sure, her plan actually made a it lot did. No, of it sense. did. It yeah. did. Fez is. Fez is great for not doing it. Yeah, uh. <laughs> he didn't even he didn't even want to hear it. He's like, no, because he knows her. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. So, but like then to to find out that Jules is there and just this whole episode, it followed Rue so well. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was like heartbreaking the entire time basically because then when she goes on to yell at Jules and tell Jules that, that fucking like, killed me. Yeah, because you know that highlighting Jules episode her special episode her mom was also facing addiction her mom was a massive reason why even in the first season Rue talks about how you know her dad got full custody that usually means something you know that means that her mom really fucked up right um so to know that Jules mom went down the same path of fighting addiction and like 
acting like she was better and trying to redeem the relationship with Jules only to fall back into the cycle of addiction, you know, that then you see Jules sitting in this chair and she found out about the suitcase of drugs and she just wants to help Rue. But on the other hand, you can understand where Rue's coming from, where Jules has done so much to her. She's taken so much from her. She figures out in that moment when she's yelling at Jules that Jules and Elliot were hooking up. Like you just, Zandaya did such a good job with her expressions that you can pinpoint when she figures it out because of the change in expression of like, like you, you told her, wait, you know, like, why would you do that? Right? We had a thing that I was like, wait a minute. I know why, you know, it just, even in that moment, you, you get the answer that Rue knew that they were getting together now. Like she put two and two together. She like then goes even harder on Jules in, in saying like, like, I don't love you. You've ruined me. You know, like you're the reason why my life is so horrible. <laughs> I fucking love Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. He's, Elliot's He's so character. great. There's, there's a scene where he just kills and he's <laughs> explaining to Jules why she's beautiful and everything that he says he's like you're introverted and extroverted at the same time and you have style and you don't care what people think and all this stuff and he's just like breaking it down like brick by brick by brick yeah and it's just so well explained that I was sitting there thinking to myself like that is why I love Jules like that is why she like she's yeah. wonderful like oh man what a fucking crazy character man well, I I love Jules so much yeah. and sometimes she pisses me off <laughs> um yeah right Absolutely, right yeah. like I kind of lacked her perspective for a good bit of season one and i don't know i'm not saying it wasn't there but i was missing it for a while because I, I was just continuously continuously pissed at her like uh <laughs> and, jules, jules i have to say is an incredibly complex character oh big time and yeah. like just because of their own individuality that they're facing that i don't think until at least for me i didn't have a full understanding of jules until she was sitting down talking to the therapist literally breaking down her own identity. And I think that's when it turned around for me as well. Um, I did, in one night I watched Rue and then I watched Jules. And like, I felt so stricken by Rue's episode that I think it took just a little bit out of it for me with Jules's episode. Not to say it wasn't amazing and super insightful, but that is what got me to the point that I was like, you know what, I fucking love you. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm grateful for it. I mean, even with that, like Elliot himself, he's a fun character, but you could tell that his character is very like perceptive because when he first was being interrogated by Jules and he just like points out everything about Jules at that moment of like, why are you questioning me when you're a trans individual that's wearing a binder? You know, like what's going on with that? You know, <laughs> how can you believe me if you can't believe yourself in a way? You yeah. know? And just, just even in that moment, you can understand that he, he, he wasn't questioning people based on like a bias of any kind. Like he was understanding that person. He was the, so he was so ambiguous for me because like when he started doing the stuff with Jules, I was just like, Oh dude, you're a cunt. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like at the end of the day, he's just he's just riding, riding the vibe, man. Absolutely, I don't know, yeah, because <laughs> well, he obviously did care about Rue, absolutely. Because yeah. you don't, 
it is snitching, but like this is the best case of snitching that yeah. he's ever done. Like it's that you could do, because um, though it does hurt Rue, they did. I think they ultimately did the right thing. Yeah. Um, well, and even at the beginning when they first met, he's like, "I think that this is the start of a bad friendship or like yeah, a bad relationship. Like yeah, we're not yeah. good for each other, you know." But he just went with it. <laughs> exactly, and he kind of just finds himself in places. And I love their little because I, I think we talked about the song a little bit, but like the the apology, yeah. the acceptance, and yeah. all that stuff. Because um, Rue kind of makes her laps. Um, Ernest, you're not important. Wait, I want to um, say one more thing. Because one of my favorite things from Elliot, though, was when they were doing Truth or Dare. And he just, like, approaches those jock guys. And he's like, hey, I heard that you're into, like, scat play. Like, I'm cool with that if you want to try it out. You know, oh, God. Like, it on my chest. <laughs> they <laughs> are a diabolical in. trio. Yeah. Absolutely. You go, Ernest. They do relationships so well in this show. And such a spectrum of relationships as well. Like, from like parent child to like boyfriend girlfriend 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 whatever it may be um and that i feel like that was a relationship like elliot jules and yeah and i thought i honestly thought like oh i see where we're going and like like i like them it can still happen them three being together just playing truth or dare and hanging out and stuff like that like that's probably my favorite group to see like hang out on screen like they were, they were just. I, know, such man, a, I love, I love, I love Fez and uh, Lexi. Like, and it, it was weird. Like, I don't, cause they became a point. Oh yeah, I mean you're right, you're right. <laughs> it's such a short amount of time, but it's so perfect. I didn't yeah, think it dude. would be. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to that one. But um, those two are my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, them three on screen and just like when they're all like daring each other to like kiss each other and stuff make him jealous let's do this like i know there's like a like a sexual feel to it but just like the cuteness of it all just like got me so good man i i i really loved seeing those three together i really like that you bring that up actually because i think that they also highlighted like where it can go too far Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's where they had the bright idea of just stealing alcohol Oh my and they go to the gas station and like Rue was already feeling whatever she was taking. Um, and just this one scene highlights so much and like I've experienced this with people, other people I can bet you have experienced it where you have that one friend that you're having great fun with and then they just swap and yeah. they're suddenly like, like they just don't want to be there. They're, they're like killing the vibe basically. You know, that being said, from taking it too far, I'm highlighting them literally going, stealing alcohol and getting a broken window because of it. Like they were hauling uh. ass out of that gas station. <laughs> but then even on top of that, they add the dynamic of someone just like ruining the fun and then, you know, taking it on the people that are around them because they're no longer happy with like the situation, you know? Yeah. And that's like teenagers that took something too far, you know? It I there was definitely a good bit of times throughout throughout this that I had to like talk myself down from being like upset at a character or something because like dude they're fucking in high school like of course they're going to make like ill advised decisions and stuff like I did fucking ridiculous shit that I should I put myself in a lot of situations I should not have been in and, and like, like when you signed up to be on a podcast. Did. I totally get some of the fucking idiotic things like, dude, you got it good. Why would you give that up? Like, I've given so much of the good shit up when I was fucking 18, you know? Yeah, I think we've all been there. Um, I think it might have been to both of you. I know for sure you were there when I said it. Um, My favorite character is Cassie. Uh, And the way I 
I don't justify it, but the way I explain my love for it, because I loved her at the end of season one. She has a very big scene involving ice skating and an abortion. Quite a combo. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's such a setup to just really understand her. And then the way I explain my love for her not dying in season two, it's like <laughs> being a parent who you want, you want the best for your kid. You know they deserve greatness. You know your kid wants to be loved and they deserve that love. And then you just got to let them make their decisions. And she makes some awful ones. <laughs> she is definitely one that I have to tell myself it's because she's a fucking teenager. And it's yeah, like it's absolutely. That's why it's she's just like doing... and you and you don't know what's the point that it's going to be. Where's that wall going to be that you smack up on? And it's like. This That's, is what I'm doing wrong because right. you can't provide that for them, obviously. And I'm, obviously, this isn't my actual child. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, literally, because you feel so attached to these characters. I really attached to Cassie, mm. and like I'm staring because I love her family, Lexi, as you were saying. Yeah, amazing, and I love them. They have sweet moments as siblings is so precious, and their mom their is mom. amazing. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, dude, I just ah, love them. So with Cassie, there's there's so much that you can bring up about her that could kind of explain like her decisions in the following season. Exactly. Because like, I think one thing that stuck with me about Cassie um, was all of her past relationships with boyfriends. They always led to the same thing, where it was these guys just trying to film stuff with her. And, like, they even highlighted that it was never something that she wanted to do, but eventually she just gave in. Because you could, like, they even showed some snippets of, you know, the actress where it's these guys that are being like, come on, come on, you know, it'll just be for me. It'll just be for later. It'll just be for me. Like, just kind of beating into her that, like, she should just say yes. Mm-hmm. And that, at least for me, I could see, like, kind of the break in mentality of, like, I just want to be loved. Mm-hmm. I just want to find someone yeah, that's I like that not... so well, even from her, like, childhood. Yeah, intro. yeah. Her childhood feeding into it, just the obsession that... You can see why she would be in the situation of, I just want to be loved. I don't want someone that's, you know, going to take advantage of me. I want to be, like, worshipped. And that's exactly what Nate does, is he worships her. Yeah, and not in a good way. No. <laughs> Almost nothing Not in a, good, in a good way, way. at all. Um, his method is absolutely horrible, but, like, for her, that was exactly what she wanted. And it was the same for Maddie, even, because Maddie wanted to be taken care of. And that's what he would do, you know, to an extreme, right? Like with what happened with Tyler, right? Like oh God. he he had, Nate had this like obsession with her, you know, and he has this obsession with Maddie. And they even give a wonderful visual of like the life that he pictured that he could have had with, you know, yeah, Cassie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it goes so far into the future. I forgot about it that, does, honestly. It does, yeah. Yeah, even with Cal involved for some reason. <laughs> But I, I want to point out, too, it's kind of interesting, like, the first season, you definitely see a lot more of Cassie, and Lexi is definitely a side character, as Chris liked to put it, um, which actually I got a kick out of, because Chris had texted me that he had finished the first season, and he's like, yeah, I love Lexi, she's like, she's the best side character, and I was like, uh-huh, okay, yeah, she's a great side character, like, you have no idea, in the second season, she's a legend. <laughs> and I feel like that her being, because she's literally like the definition of a side character. Yeah. She's kind of just there supporting. And that plays into so much you learn about her in season two. Yeah. About how she's like a watcher. Yeah. And all this stuff. And then she comes into her own and they just turn that whole thing into a whole arc. And it's just yeah. like, God damn. Well, bro. and that's honestly like, once you realize that that's how she is as an individual, like you don't necessarily as a, see, pardon me. <laughs> You don't see her as a side character afterwards because you can see how she's just there to be perceptive. You know, she's there to 
kind of watch what's going on. You didn't realize that she had seen her dad show up that one last time to like steal and rob. Like they mm. just gave the perspective of Cassie. She was always there. I was going to ask like seeing it multiple times now. Do you watching it again? If you look out for her, do you see her in like scenes that you wouldn't have noticed her in otherwise? Yeah. Cause sometimes there's just like a group of girls hanging out and it's, you don't really keep track of every single person in, yeah. the, in the scene. Um, does she kind of like, yeah. well, she I there love kind Lexi. Of seeing She's everything? by far my favorite character. And even in the first scene with Rue, when Rue's asking for pee, like she's there concerned. She's like, okay, you mm-hmm. know, like, come on, Rue, you know, or when Rue rushes to the bathroom and ends oh, up flushing her drugs. That's so sad. And Lexi was just there like, are you okay, Rue? Like, are she you just okay? Yells at I mean, Lexi was even there to defend her from the very beginning where these girls were trying to talk shit. And Lexi was there like, don't be rude. <laughs> Like, she just called them out. And that's not even bringing up her amazing Halloween costume. Absolutely. Bob Ross is the best costume that they had on there. And she's just like, what? It's a Halloween party? Yeah. And then her mom even was like, honey, you're supposed to dress up sexy, not a 40-year-old man. (laughs) And it's so good. It's so good. She's just, what? (laughs) That is also just a legit costume. It's it's really it's, good. It it was an amazing costume, and then them like threatening the guy, you know, saying that they're from Juvie. Yeah, like, <laughs> She's trying to be tough as Bob Ross. <laughs> uh, it's so good, man. It's so that's good. that's actually one of the things I want to highlight. We're talking about a lot of dark stuff, but there's so many great comedic moments oh, that's yeah. provided throughout the series. That once again is like these are just teenagers, you mm-hmm. know, these are just teenagers having fun too, like dressing up as Bob Ross for Halloween. Uh, <laughs> And like there, there's a, they have a few I would call bits that yeah. a lot of these happy moments do tend to lead to sad. Um, but uh, like you were talking about, like um, I think it's season one where it's like they break the fourth wall. Zendaya has like a presentation going. Yes, yeah, and like where it's she's the, the penises detective. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, because that went into her going through a manic episode, which yes. also touched, which up immediately on... switches over. But yeah, yeah. but. Lexi actually still played a part of it so it's kind of hard to tell where like Lexi's being real and where Rue is being manic but Lexi was there the whole time answering the questions that Rue had of like do you think that Jules you know actually knows Tyler and Tyler was the guy that was at the party and she's just there like Rue I think you're too deep you're too you're too close to this case (laughs) it's so good and they say it very early on in season one Rue because obviously she's the narrator you get most of the time yeah um sorry guys sometimes I'm unreliable (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And it makes sense. She's the one doing the most drugs here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's actually another thing I want to touch up on. The narration provides a good amount of the storytelling, but it doesn't provide all of the context that everything else plays a part in filling in the rest. Yeah, it's a perfectly like, fit puzzle. It, yeah, because it doesn't depend on just the narrative to like guide you through the story and figure out what's going on with the characters. Like you get it through their emotions, you get it through the music, you get it through the visuals, you get it through even a lack of context between the characters that like answers in on like how Rue felt about Jules at points Mm -hmm. where nothing needed to be said. She was saddened by Jules, you know, like in, in the, the, on the last episode of the first season where they're at the dance and Jules is really excited about this new person that she met. And she's so excited about it. She's on her phone constantly. And she, like, even goes to the bathroom to continue to talk to this person. And you can see Rue kind of devastated by it. Mm. That, like, she's still not that focused. Because originally when Rue was falling for Jules, Jules was falling for Tyler. Which actually was Nate. (laughs) 
Which was a whole thing. Like, Tyler was the guy that was originally with Maddie, which is why the name got picked. Yep. That's why the guy got beat up. Like, Nate's a genius. Unfortunately, yes, he is. Sad to say Nate's a genius. But Nate was being honest with Jules, which they also revealed, you know, in the second season. And he was like, no, that was all honest. Like, I actually loved you, you know. God damn. Anyways. <laughs> God damn. But, there's, there's so much there. But since we were just talking about Jules, I do want to highlight, because you went into it a little bit earlier, um, Jules special episode. Because it is, it's it's a, it's still just two people. For the most part, you do get some flashbacks where you actually see her mom and her dad's there. But um, it is Jules having a conversation with her therapist. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to highlight the difference between these two episodes. Because obviously it's between um, Zendaya. Uh, let's call Rue with her um, sponsor from AA and then Jules with her uh, therapist for mental stuff Um, for their votes, both filmed differently that I thought was really interesting because there's no like special, like just gorgeous shots with uh, Rue's thing. And like, I think that really just grounded in how real it was. Um, And then when you get into, uh, Jules stuff because they're going into a lot of her memories a lot of her past and stuff you do get some actually like stylized shots and a lot of her stuff I think that really highlights how a lot of her stuff is like from from her past a lot of her stuff is how she perceives herself which is all like a mental thing that she's doing yeah so I want to add and I'm not entirely sure about this but they did provide insight on Jules episode um, that the actress actually had a massive role to play in how it was filmed That's great. Like the things that she said like the way that her character was represented and i think it was a lot more of a personal note for her so i'm i'm assuming here and i don't know because she didn't confirm it but a lot of what she was saying to her therapist was actual things that she experienced herself figuring out her identity oh i bet which makes she's literally a more, trans person playing yeah, a trans person yeah, yeah, yeah which makes it even more like raw and real mm-hmm. to like and then the fact that she got so much say in all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. What's up, Brandon? <laughs> um, the last, I think, like five minutes of that episode or something is them sitting down with Hunter and, like, asking them, like, hey, what was it like filming this episode? And um, and they say that they sat there and, like, wrote it with the writer director which is amazing it's great yeah yeah and i've heard that there's a lot of that done like all throughout the series too yeah i was gonna say ash told me that yeah that they brought in like people and said like okay like how do we write your character you said that with you said i think you were talking about lexi right like how her character is specifically written for her Uh, or it might have been somebody else i'm not entirely sure about that it was i think the most that I mentioned about like people being involved would be Kat's character, actually, um, because Not the anymore. reason why she ended up getting kind of written out was basically because she herself as an actress didn't want to play a role of someone that was facing um, an eating disorder, because I think that was the next step for like Kat was that she was going to be going through um, kind of a phase where she really started hating her appearance. Um, which in Coming a way off of the high from the first yeah season. in a way you can see that in like the first few episodes of the second season yeah like there's more munching and yeah stuff like that. yeah where she's really like filled with self-hate that re- she actually has that really good scene of like all the people popping up in her yeah, room and yeah it's, and it's and I stressful think, but it's i think funny. that's when it was kind of starting up and what it was gearing up to be but because the actress herself didn't want to represent eating disorders um, and she didn't want to kind of go down that path of someone fighting a disorder of that kind. 
Um, which, I mean, good for her for standing up for herself. Yeah. But I'm sorry that I, she got kicked out of the series because of it. <laughs> yeah. I could um, definitely understand not wanting to do yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, what I remember we talked about, though, was because they kind of wrote her out, um, I think a lot of the fans kind of wondered if that gave kind of the extra room for them to really show off Lexi. Because of, you know, Kat not really being present, they don't need a lot of airtime for her. That's what they were thinking is that, well, they had the perfect opportunity to, like, open up to Lexi. You know, and they showed Lexi going through like that whole character development that you were talking about where she at first tried to be really confident. Like she's like, you know what? I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to say something I haven't. And I don't know why I haven't. I'm going to say something to then her realizing I'm just an observant person. Like I just I can't. And that realization was when Cal was for the first time testing out interacting with Fez. You know, and she had showed up and she was excited to see Fez. And then she saw Faye and was kind of deterred, you know. And so she just, you know, got, what was it? She was getting um, like a 40. <laughs> yeah. Like, because when she went in there, she was obviously trying to talk to Fez yeah. about like, I have feelings for you, something in that yeah, nature. Yeah, she was going to warn him about Cal. Yeah. Well, no, so I'm fairly certain it was, she was going to say something about, like she felt something for him. And then he brought up that what's her name is staying at her place. Well, I think she was also going to warn about Cal because before that Cal was going around, um threatening cassie to say something because of nate getting the like shit kicked out of him and so she was i think that she was planning on saying something okay to fez to give him um, a warning of like i just hey. remember it because when she went in there and she started talking to him, who's yeah. the girl that y'all talked about Faye. earlier Faye. um because he mentioned because Faye's like hi because you yeah. didn't see her in the shot and then the camera yeah, swings over like, the and then fez he doesn't think about much he's just like yeah she's staying at my place and she's like oh and then she stares at drinks for the rest of the time until he yeah. walks in yeah because uh, he she's just like i'm just here for a drink and he's like that's that's yeah. that's malt liquor yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and she just stares at it awkwardly her awkwardness is perfect lexi perfect. yeah lexi's She's a great character. Mm -hmm. She's just one that you like can cherish and love because you can see, at least for me, I have an older sister. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've i been in her shoes where like, you feel like you're in the shadow of your sibling. And they show that so well with like even, even how they explain Cassie's episode. Mm -hmm. Like Lexi's just there watching her grow up. You know, she, she explains it in like even her play that was just... Her play is perfect yeah she lexi's a fucking genius <laughs> i will say the one thing i was like really lexi i don't think she needed to include the the carousel yeah um first of all like you don't know that she saw it at least i didn't know she saw it yeah granted it's talked about because obviously people are watching her but i was like what is that doing for your story ma'am well i think it shows her confliction because she watched her sister masturbating on a carousel oh no 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 that that was just totally to roast her <laughs> yeah I yeah, thought yeah, you were yeah talking about the the hallway oh everything else yeah no, no, yeah i was like i was on board with everything else especially no the that football was stuff. totally to um, like call her yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like oh man because i did not you realize you're kind of watching a recap of the show yeah and i was like oh i didn't think this was coming <laughs> Yeah. But yes, she was. Cassie on the carousel. Ooh. Oh, man. On Molly. Oh, man. Oh, I love Cassie so much. Um, <laughs> she, not, not obviously not for specifically that scene, though that ended up being hilarious. Um, I felt so bad for her. Because that guy that she's riding the carousel with, carousel with yeah. um, I don't remember his name to you. He does kind of fade really? out after this drama. Daniel. Daniel. Okay, fucking Daniel. Because um, he's the one that dated Kat. 
that's right when they were like in sixth grade that's right and he's like i don't even remember that at all and i was like oh my god bro you're awful (laughs) um but uh there's obviously moments where they kind of like make well not kind of they do make out uh, but she won't go any further than that she's like i'm in a relationship with mckay i'm not a fan of mckay um not and that's not me saying what she's doing here is right at all but um, it does get to a point. It's the last point with her and Daniel. And the insult he threw at her, I took so personally. Because he's he doesn't call her, like, stupid. He doesn't call her ugly. He's just like, you're so boring. You think anybody here actually cares what you have to say? And I'm over here just like, what the fuck? That's a horrible thing. And this girl, ultimately, yes, it's said she wants love, but she wants attention. What we everybody wants attention, and to hear something like that, and she she has the best crying scenes. It's probably because she has huge she does, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was she. It was like blown up on Twitter. Everybody talking about her ugly crying scene that she did of like after she threw up in the hot tub. Oh, that's being, yeah, you can't recover like, from that. <laughs> she she ugly cried, man. That but, as a Cassie fan, that scene was awful. Yeah, <laughs> I want to add. Um, to what like Daniel had said mm-hmm. where he went on to tell her like any guy that's getting with you like they're getting with you because of how you look it's yeah. not because of who exactly. you are and it's sad to say it's so true that in a lot of cases where someone's like they they fit like a beauty standard mm-hmm. they're they're seen as a symbol they're mm-hmm. seen as like um, a status symbol in a way and not to say that what he said was okay. <laughs> it was not at all. Like, she had every right to cry in that moment because oh, yeah. it was so mean. Um, but it, 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 he was being honest with her. Mm. And it was proven in, like, previous scenes with her with other guys that that was the case is she was a symbol. Like, they would film her and then they'd show it to other people. Like, look, I got with Cassie, you know. Mm. I got with Cassie Howard. Like, I did it, you know. And even Rue had touched up on Cassie when she originally was introducing her. That she was like, Cassie's so sweet. You probably didn't recognize her, but she was the one that was sitting at the table with her mom. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, how you, how you doing, Rue, you know. Mm. <laughs> that, like, there, you know, we definitely got to get to know Cassie. Mm. And we don't just love Cassie for, like, her looks, you know. Exactly. But like, <laughs> not everyone's watching this as a show. Yeah. You, that's not how you meet people, unfortunately. No. Yeah. But that's, he meant something when he said it. Because that's how he saw her too. Yeah. But he also, you're right. I'm not disagreeing with that. No. But he definitely did it because he just didn't get laid. Absolutely. <laughs> it came from Absolutely. pure hate. Absolutely. And he's like, if I'm not getting this, hate. I want you to feel like he shit. He was such an asshole. But we got a highlight. He then went and got with Kat. He did. He did. Golly. Yep. Kat just did not care. Cat got called out too, actually, by mm. Maddie, who Maddie, out of desperation, was calling for a friend for help. You know? Oh, I felt so bad there. She was, yeah, she was oh, in a pure man. moment of weakness. She mm. was calling a friend for help, and Cat was just like, no, I'm busy. Sorry. Yeah, dude, it was rough. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out, because that's, I wanted to bring it up. It is so easy to forget when you're watching the show because I regularly forgot it. But like there, there is this obviously lead girls here. Like you have your yeah. jewels, you have um, Cassie, you have Cat, you have Maddie. It's easy to forget. Like they're actually all friends. Yeah. Like it's like I don't know about where we're gonna be in season three, but um, at least as of now, like like at the at the dance and stuff, they're like all sitting at a table talking to each yeah. other. I remember seeing Maddie talk to Jules for a moment. Like it doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, how's it going? They yeah, really yeah. Said that they like each other. And it's wild. It's yeah. just like, okay, cool. Oh, who was it that you the the their friend 
BB. 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 I love when actually she first sees Rue for the for the first time after Rue getting out of rehab. She's like, I thought she was dead. <laughs> like, I don't want to interact with a ghost, you know? <laughs> I'm afraid of ghosts. Dude, I fucking love BB. Uh, <laughs> BB is probably my fourth favorite character. <laughs> she was she was on top of it. I just also. know so many people like her. Yeah. When when Maddie is running up on stage to whoop Cassie uh, during the play. Yeah. Um, she's following behind her and she's like, whoop her ass, Maddie. <laughs> and then she goes chasing her down the hallway and there's this wonderful scene <laughs> where she's running behind them and she's like, he fucked your boyfriend, fucking whoop her ass, Maddie. And she to- she stops and just takes like a huge hit from her vape because <laughs> she's just vaping the entire yeah. fucking show anytime she's in the scene. She is hilarious, bro. She was such a great character. And every little addition like that to, yeah. to fucking scenes is just Well, amazing, even man. there was one point where Maddie was talking about like, she's like, I look good pregnant, you know? And Kat was oh, like, yeah. I hope you're not pregnant. And then BB on the side was like, remember me when I had my baby? And like, <laughs> yeah. my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah dude. Like She just slips that in there. <laughs> yeah, man. She's, she's just a wonderful little addition to scenes. That I feel like they just let that actress kind of say whatever came to mind because there was there was a time that like i was like who who is she and then (laughs) i started like realizing she was in more and more scenes and stuff and really she is just that side character but every time she speaks up it's fucking funny it's yeah she's she's a comedic (laughs) relief in a way (laughs) whether intentional or unintentional she's great since we're talking about comedic relief i want to talk about what i think is cassie's funniest moment um when because she has a week of just dressing really nice just dressing great and then she just happens to be dressed a certain way on the day of auditions for this for her sister's (laughs) play and oh my god do i look like i'm auditioning for her play for oklahoma (laughs) exactly dude i lost it and then it ends like that also ended up being like a jaw-dropping moment because she has a whole thing of like saying everything that she's hiding for people. Yeah. And then you find out it didn't actually happen. The whole monologue where she's revealing that she was sleeping with Nate and everything. Yep, yep, yep. But then I was like, that didn't actually happen. If only it had happened that way. Yeah, where Rue was just like, and then she ended up just staring in the mirror. Exactly. And like, that made it, like, it's hilarious. Then it's like, oh shit. And then it's like, hilarious again i love that you have like cat in the background trying to like stop everybody yeah she's in oklahoma like do i look like i'm in oklahoma (laughs) (laughs) because literally it's such a jump because she does look really nice like as she's going through like this week of these different outfits and it talks about how she's just really enjoying waking up early and putting the effort in um and then that one comes up. It's just like, and it doesn't look bad but it does quite honestly look like it's for a play yeah it was very fitting it is it is wild. And then the it's chaos, so too, of like, Lexi's doing a play? Yeah, yeah. But it's not Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That play. Well, then on top of that, the last scene that we see after her, like, getting ready every single day, the last look that we see is her looking like Maddie. And that's, that's right. finally when she gets Nate to look <clears throat> oh, at her. And you outfit. see, like, her excitement with it, you know, that she mm. finally got him to look at her upon, like, all the secrets. And then they and run everything. into each other. And it's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then Maddie just, like, looks at her like, what the hell? <laughs> Why do you look like me? <laughs> <laughs> Maddie is also wonderful. But with that, let's take a quick break. And guess what? We'll be back with more Euphoria. Ooh. All right, and we are back talking more Euphoria. Before we get further into the story and these characters, there are a couple of shout-outs I wanted to give. Um, Marcel Rev, he is the cinematographer 
for the actual two seasons. He didn't do the two special episodes. Um, but at the same time, as we've just discussed, the cinematography is very highlighted in those two seasons. Uh, incredible work there, man. Oh, my God. Um, and then Sam Levinson, the director, writer, and showrunner for this show. This is pretty much how his claim to fame. He he started this shit. And like uh, me and Ashley were talking about off the air that um, it's very easy for a director to not necessarily take notes from an actor. But it does seem like from everything you've said to us, Ash, and uh, what, what we've seen online, um, that he like welcomes it. And you can definitely feel like this is a team energy and everything's just so synchronized. And like it, you, you're you going to disagree with a lot of decisions being made by these characters, but you're like, I see why you're doing this, but man, you're hurting me. <laughs> Which kind of adds to the appeal of like, I got to see where this goes. It's awesome. Just like what, what a way to run a show and like ha- if this has been done before. Like, yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm kind of unfamiliar with it. I d- absolutely not modern. At but least, it makes so like much sense, like especially with the story that doesn't really come from some sort of source material that's yeah. already a media. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. There wasn't a Euphoria book before this. I'm pretty sure the source or material like a, is these are traumas people experience. Let's make them experience it deeper. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like just playing like in a series about real people, it only makes sense to get the perspective of real people to write that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's doing a fantastic job. Exactly. And as we can say now, they all are. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Um, and he literally has one movie as of right now. He has future projects coming down. Um, but it is called Malcolm and Marie and it is starring Euphoria. I mean, Euphoria. I did this the last time I talked about her. Zendaya. Uh, she's just Euphoria in my mind. Um, Zendaya and then uh, John Daniel Washington, uh, Denzel Washington's son. And the whole movie is just a conversation between those two. And it's very fitting after you've watched the show, of course, but specifically reminds me a lot of the Zendaya special episode. Uh, just the like, back and forth the back the conversation. And forth. Yeah. yeah. And you get like the the whole thing. The only way you learn about any of those characters is just conversation. There's mm-hmm. no flashbacks of what's happening before or whatever. They're all just like, this happened to me tonight. Oh, my God. Da, 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 da. It's just really good. It's really good. I feel like we owe it to them at this point to check that shit out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's really good. It's on Netflix. You should definitely check it out. Um but yeah, man, uh, this, this show is incredible uh, and incredibly hurtful. I have a list here. I, I thought it was going to be a small list of like, I was like, there's a lot, this show can be a lot of things. Um, and I was like, let's, let's, let's list a few things that the show is about. Love, coming of age, life, meaning, masculinity, feminism, social norms, sex, finding, understanding oneself, expression, dreams, ambitions, family, and then music. <laughs> and that's there's more it's i that was literally me just taking notes as i was watching being like it's touching on all of it <laughs> i've also just i don't know if i've ever seen addiction handled in a way like this like i know mm-hmm. there's other there's movies out there there's yeah. shows that are very well done but like in this manner like oh man it just felt so fucking real dude it does like uh it, it, does. it all hits so close to home um but yeah, the the way they highlight addiction, the way that she goes through things, like it's it's something. It felt like something new, something absolutely fresh. Um, fresh almost feels like the wrong word for it. Oh, it's fine. It's man. a hip show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, I wanted to also highlight because there is something you kind of get notions of it in season one, and then it's driven home when you learn a lot more about the characters that you already kind of already loved. Um. The question gets thrown around a lot. Am I a good person? 
And there's not just one character asking this. You hear Cal ask it. You hear Cassie ask it. Um, sadly, you hear um, Rue literally say, I'm not a good person. Um, I'm fairly certain there's a point where her mom might say it. I might be making that. No, it's real. Okay. And it's just like. There's that scene uh, with um, Nate and Jules. And she's like, did you all of a sudden become a good person? That's right. And he's like, that's right. no, I'm a bad person. Like, he fucking knows it. Yeah. yeah. And that, like, it seems like such a simple question. But to go into the philosophy here at play that's really driving the emotion of the show and just makes you think so hard, that is at the base of so many people's character, even just us as humans. Yeah. Well, even with Rue, actually, there's a point where she, she's like talking about being a good person. And she points out in her narration that she's like, if you didn't know who I was, you wouldn't care. Exactly. You wouldn't care what was going to happen to me. You wouldn't care if I ended up in, dead in a ditch somewhere. But you know who I am. So you care, you know, just like calling out the audience, even of being like, oh, damn, I do care. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I do care what's going on here. And that's that's true. Like, there's the, those situations are going on today, like as we speak. And I don't care. You know, I should. I don't know how I could, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know. that. It is fair to say we have a limited amount of space in our hearts. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but it's definitely her- like there's this preconceived notion when you meet somebody who, you know, is on drugs or yeah. struggling with addiction. Um, and I think that also touches on that. Just Absolutely. being like, if yeah. you don't know them personally, it's like, go away. Yeah. Away. I mean, Ali touches up on that where he drives Rue home and he's like, I got to go introduce myself. I mean, who's this crack addict that's driving you home he's and so not going to say hi? Yeah. <laughs> he's so good. I just love whenever he'd tell, tell Rue, like, listen to me, young blood, you know? Like, oh, man. Oh, I felt that. <laughs> Dude, just spitting truth left and right. He was, yeah. But then even Rue's mom, like, there's a scene where. Rue's mom is just in sheer defeat. And she's just like, you know what? You can go do drunks. You can. Like, I don't care anymore. You know? And Rue's like, okay, what's the gimmick here? Where's the joke? Why are you you telling me this? And she's like, I just don't care. I need to take care of Gia. You know? I need to take care of Gia. She's... Do you even know what's going on with your sister? Mm -hmm. And, like, she calls Rue out on not even paying attention to other people in her life. Mm -hmm. Telling her that she's selfish. And she means it. Mm -hmm. Not that she's, like... A selfish individual, but her actions are extremely selfish. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what's actually going on with Gia. And Gia was, you know, ending up in detention twice a week. She was failing a lot of her classes. She was going down a slippery slope that her mom was like, I need to take care of her now. When you're 18, you're out of the house. And I was like, that's that's so rough. It is. And I want to highlight Ali here because he's the one who actually told her, like, it's okay to do this. Yeah. Um, Cause it was their first dinner after there was a forgiveness after our Jolly Rancher scene and whatnot yeah. um, where he comes over and he's, I love his moments with the sister as well. Yeah. He's just so really kind and nice. Um, and when he says this to Rue's mom, it's, there's no hate towards her at all. No. But as he said in the special episode, he has two daughters he has, or at least has two kids. I don't remember if they're yeah. daughters or not. Um, but he's like, you're going to have to let Ruby Rue, you want to take care of the one that's still with you. And it's, that's such a real piece of advice. And I honestly didn't think she was going to take it. Yeah. And that's such a hard decision to make. And it's, it's precious. Yeah. But I mean, even in Rue's episode where she's screaming at Gia and Gia was in danger. Like you can see her mom kind of clicking and like, I need to save one. I can't lose both. You know, we've already lost your dad. I can't lose another one, you know? Yeah. And and she is. She sees Rue going out the door that she's just like, okay, you know, Gia. I need to focus on Gia. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've done all that I can. You know, even when she finds out that uh, Rue can't even get into a rehab facility 
when she's finally taking the time to recover. That was hard. And yeah, that's what they're ending the episode with is her screaming on the phone saying, she's going to die. My daughter's going to die. She will kill herself. Sorry <laughs> to those. We did our trigger warnings. Warning yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she will kill herself. Mm. That is the path that she is on. What do I do? Mm. You know, nothing. You just got to save Gia. It's, and it's so sad. It's so it is. It's honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so honest. It's and so it just sad. highlights how real this show can be. Yeah, though they did kind of give redemption for Rue at mm-hmm. the end when she explains that she's like, I was able to stay sober until the end of the year. You know, kind yeah. of putting a finale to the to season two, mm-hmm. and their junior year. Um, but oh man, it's just so it the impact. The impact that you see of what it does to other people. Yes. You know. Yeah. This is a show. A thing. Mm-hmm. They provided this in a show. Like, we're not talking about a real person here, but it's so real that it could be us talking about real people here, you know? So you you kind of give them credit for that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, man. Because obviously, I, I said it when we were offline. Like, Zendaya is our main character, but it's like a catalyst of sorts. Yeah. Like, the you, obviously, she's the narrator. And a lot of the times the story does shift to her and she's your first character you get to know, but it does such a good job of like, it's like, she's the paintbrush and like, she's everyone she's meeting is just her touching another part of this canvas. Yeah. Just painting a beautiful picture. Just well, beautifully sad. Yeah, sad. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's great. Beautifully tragic. Well, like Fez, Fez oh, is a wonderful character. We haven't Fez touched up on character. him quite yet. I got to hand this to you for that. Um, this man. Fez is a drug dealer. He's selling drugs to teenagers and he's supporting addictions. But he is so much more than that. He's he's so much more than that. He is. But I want to bring up, I do not think he supports addictions. Obviously, there he doesn't yeah. know he doesn't know everybody to the extent he knows Rue. So to that extent, yes. Yeah. He's not he's not stopping those. But he does with somebody he knows like Rue, who he considers family. He legit just cold turkeys her. He, yeah, he because he yeah. and that's such a big moment for his character. And that was like the first time I can remember in the show because she says awful things to him. She does. She is at and his door. And it was so heartbreaking to see him on the other side just exactly. listening to all of and it. And he's just holding it. And yeah. he's staying right there. And like he could walk away from the yeah. door. She's not Superman. She's no, not going to tear the door down. But yeah. he's staying right there. Um, but then they have such a beautiful moment later where he's like, don't even worry about it. Yeah. I, I don't take anything that an addict says seriously in those moments. Yeah. And he, their warm moments are some of the warmest. And I, I love yeah. him so much. Well, Fez was such a genuine person. And it's hard to say about someone that's in that line of business, but he was such a genuine person. He knew what it meant to have a family. He knew what it meant to take care of your family. Like they give a, the first episode starts off with them introducing his grandma and just his grandma was a fucking G, you know? I'm the fucking G, man. (laughs) Do you want to touch up on it? Oh, man. I, I mean, just Fez in general. I mean... You touching up on his grandma is is a good starting point because for both him and Ashtray, like it, like I said, they do a really good job of everybody, like fleshing everybody out and letting yeah. you know why somebody is the way they are, and like this shit was just like handed to him, like yeah. it's almost like he never even made the decision to start selling; he was just like born into it, yeah, and even more so for Ashtray. Um, and He's keeping the business alive. Yeah, yeah. He was he was handed a business like that's all that he knew. 
pretty yeah. much because like i mean you saw his dad in that episode with his grandma she walks straight into that strip club with a fucking gun just in her hand like she's yeah. not even fucking hiding it and she walks in there while he's getting head and just shoots him in the fucking thighs like yeah. bro that shit is so fucking gangster like they were born into this gangster life and it's it's so great when you get to see like wholesome moments with them and stuff like this like the way that he loves ash is just fucking beautiful man that was his brother yeah yeah yeah. and just like a baby that fucking came out of nowhere (laughs) that 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 his grandma got for collateral yeah he didn't even ask you know yeah man and he just like went with it like he did with everything else so like oh man i mean there's you could say there's definitely a point in time where he could have stopped and said like you know what like this isn't the life for me yeah. and he even talks with lexi about like how he his thinks about that prairie, stuff yeah life, yeah, yeah his his uh little house on the prairie dream like he's like oh you know kids would be good on a farm and stuff like that like <laughs> oh man their relationship is my favorite in the entire fucking thing man like even his like understanding of people of like getting to know someone you know that he had such a good and honest perspective of like actually getting to know who someone is like having something in common and he even explains it to lexi and she's like like she carries that with her you know ah such a sweet moment between them even when they first meet each other that you know he was talking about god with her and he's like, yeah, I believe in God, you know, and his example. Said, being Hell yeah, his, I believe in yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> his example being what his grandmother had taught him about, like, no one's going after Ronald McDonald for, you know, your cousin or your, your uncle getting diabetes. Yeah. 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 You know, but then when he says it to Lexi and she's just like, well, I bet you. They're probably in hell. And he's, oh, you're right. You know. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I really got so much from that character, from both of them, Ashtray as well. Yeah. And when we get that scene in the finale, man, and, like, because I felt it all coming, you know? Like, yeah. They they lead up to it, and you know something bad is going down with that fucking rat-ass snitch. Yeah, man, absolutely. Fuck that dude. Are you working <laughs> with the cops? Oh, dude. Oh. What? No, I mean... I'm helping them. So you're working with the cops. Yeah, Faye with her giant lips. She looks like she looks like Summer from uh, <laughs> from Rick and Morty and shit. Yeah, she's such a I, character. I love her so much, man. Uh, she's she's no, just such an airhead druggie. Yeah, and like, <laughs> but it's yeah, but she does, she does, man. And like, but they, yeah, like the scene with the tie it is just so wholesome, and you can tell like. She's been living with them and she yeah. like cares about them well, this, and she sees that they're good people. The scene that I hang on to actually, and it's very brief, but it's when Fez hears like a, a bang of some sort and he like gets up, he grabs a gun and he's thinking that something's going on outside, but then he finds Faye in the bathroom passed out from whatever she was taken, you know, and he just like helps her up. He puts her on the couch and that's it. That's all you need to know that like she was taken care of and she knew that she was taken care of because... Fez is just she was family to him now you know it it is just so unfortunate that he ends up mixed up and with just bad people and shit because mouse is scary as fuck man mouse is a scary fucking dude like 
I've been in many a room with motherfuckers like Mouse, and that shit is fucking tense, bro. Like somebody who's just always intense, yeah, is is very tough to be around. And like, props to you if that's like somebody that you love and you're able to spend time with them. <laughs> yeah. Because fuck, bro. Like I do my best to stay out of situations like yeah. these and stuff, but like. I felt for root. You could see her like not taking it seriously when he was like, "No, you need to go. You need yeah, to get out of here." He, he was stressed. And then about as it. soon as that motherfucker walks in with those face tats, like she just freezes up, and it makes, uh, oh man, like I've seen it too many times. Like I was so fucking, my shoulders were by my ears yeah. again. You know, well, you know like me. Fez, I get in my little cringe mode, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Fez even tucking the pistol into the couch, like she's like oh shit yeah. you know like this just got real and that was the first time actually that rue was introduced to fentanyl right yeah which is like her favorite now yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah she'd even talked about like that was the the like best experience she'd ever had you know um but yeah man the the whole finale that we get like because at, at first i'm like why the fuck he ain't at the play yeah you know uh, but and then it's like oh, okay something bad happened here and um man i i remember like before i was a fan of the show before i watched it uh people getting mad because there are spoilers online about ashtray yeah and um i didn't remember that it was him i just remember that somebody had got shot yeah so going into those last episodes and seeing that chair empty and seeing that you know he was getting ready to go and this motherfucker was about to snitch yeah. and he's about to record this conversation and stuff like this i was like fuck it's fez that gets shot like oh no <laughs> yeah. and um not saying that ashtray going was any better but like but i there was he does get shot yeah but he doesn't die yeah um but and he's an idiot but boy ashtray went out like a fucking g man (laughs) like a (laughs) like a gangster like that's how you get a a drink named after you in night city bro like fucking He Ash- he loaded up all those guns in the tub and was just like, fuck it, like it's going down. Yeah. Like I'm taking them down with me. And like you take a step back from the character. Like if that's somebody that you don't know, you're like, fuck that guy for taking out those cops, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like Well, and like I think that scene kind of showed Ash's age that he was gonna be fine. He was just a kid and Fez was ready to cover up for him. Like Fez was ready to protect him. And it's just a kid being like, no, nah, I can take them. I've seen this in movies. I've seen this in video games. I could take them, you know, not having like a not saying that he didn't. But at least that's my perspective on it is a way that he didn't have the reality of what was actually happening. Whereas Fez did. Mm-hmm. And Fez was trying his best. Like, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. Please. You know, like, oh, oh the yelling. This oh, is so heartbreaking. That shit tore me up, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, because you see it on his face too when he's in the tub and they start shooting back, they just like load up the yeah. fucking whole restroom with lead, and you see it on his face like, oh fuck, like this is real, you know? Yeah. And I and I feel for him in that moment. Uh, it, but yeah, yeah. What what a fucking gangster! Yeah. Like I well, I feel Ash- like he's really one of the characters. Like him being so young too. Yeah. Um, 
he knew what he was like so many characters throughout this series you get them kind of trying to figure out who they are like going through these stages of development and acceptance of like okay this is who i am fucking astro knew who he was since he was a little baby bro like yeah, he did. fucking he probably knew well before that situation even happened that that was the way he was going to go out and yeah. it's it's like sad as fuck but like i don't know like in some places that's like a hood hero you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah yeah um he was definitely a little bit too quick to act um i'm curious to see how it's going to play out in season three that's why i really need to see season three like yeah yeah, i want rue to stay sober like yeah i want her and jules to like work out somehow and i want maddie to beat up cassie a little bit more whatever (laughs) right but like i i want to see i need to see the fallout with fez and the cops yeah and if he's gonna get and if he's gonna get to be with lexi and stuff like this like fuck man and because lexi is such a a, like a good just like she's straight and narrow person man like but you could tell that they love each other like oh it's just so much she always knew what fez was yeah i think that she knew that something bad happened when she had mentioned in the middle of her play that you know this is for the person that he couldn't be here today um but he had told me you know that some people were going to get upset about this and that maybe they needed to be you know and like it was just it was so bittersweet because then they swapped back you know to ash just being rained on and you know fez yelling but i want to add that there's an interaction with with ash like the interactions that we got with ash before you know the situation came about um he was quirky he was very smart oh man Um, he was a little genius ass kid yeah yeah Yeah. he was like when he was helping cat with bitcoin fez didn't know anything about it but he did and like he takes a cut and he's just like i gotta pay my mortgage man you know (laughs) (laughs) you hear this little kid like already aware of like taking care of a household because he's learning it all from fez too you know yeah i hear he's a boxer in real life yeah ashtray I hope he whoops some ass and we get to see him grow up and just <laughs> yeah. fucking, oh man, yeah. Because yeah. I, I feel like I know that motherfucker. Like, <laughs> uh, what a, what great characters, though, those two. And like the way that Fez still takes care of his grandma and Absolutely, stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Well, man. and I think, and this is just how I interpret it. A part of me kind of wonders if Fez kind of stayed with the family business in a way because of what happened to his grandma. Because when she had like had her stroke. They made sure to mention that Fez had to drive her himself as a kid to the hospital and like he knew he fucked up because it was a matter of time and it took him so long to get to get to the hospital that it was just bad news, you know? Yeah. And that I wonder if a part of him kind of blames himself for not doing anything better that he like keeps up the family business for her in a way that that but that's just like theorizing. There's there's nothing to kind of ground that, you know? I, I felt that scene so much. So, like, at the risk of my sister getting mad at me, there's this one time uh, my mom and her were out, and she got so drunk that my sister had to drive her home. Yeah. And my sister was, like, 10, something like this. And she drove my mom home in, like, first gear in a standard truck. Oh, my gosh. Like, just all the way the fuck home. Like, shit is fucking wild. And she had never had a driving lesson, like, in her life. Yeah. Um. 
my mom gave both of us driving lessons like two weeks later at the lake. <gasps> yeah, like just in case this shit ever happens again, man. But like, yeah, seeing that scene was just like super fucking heavy for me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, man. There's so many parts in this show that hit close to home. But I would say like Rue and Fez's life's like combined like remind me so much of my yeah. childhood yeah i think the interesting thing about it is like if you do watch this show there's going to be one character that you like over the other um and it's not because of like the storytelling of that character it's going to be because you can relate to them mm-hmm. absolutely you know and like that's been the case for me i relate really well with rue i relate really well with lexi and it i think it reveals like what I've gone through in a way, you know, or like it's a new Hogwarts house. <laughs> I can see you as Alexi. <laughs> I can see you as a Maddie. Yeah. Everyone, everyone knows Ernest is a mix of Maddie the and BB, Fez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Maddie. Maddie and Fez. You're Mez. Uh, wait, how am I Maddie? I want to know. You're being a Maddie right now. Why are you, why are you being so confrontational? You answered too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> You sure jumped on the mic pretty quickly to defend yourself. Maybe you're more of a Nate. Why did you uh, say no? I mean, I know why I said no, but why did you say no? <laughs> and there's, I love Maddie. Yeah, that's no hate. There's, so I'll, 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 I'll go ahead and say it before you gush because I let you gush about your fucking drug dealer for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fez. No, I love Fez. I love Fez so much. Whoever that kid is, whatever. Uh, but uh, Fez is great. But. Um, <laughs> Maddie, I love how she's introduced as the crazy, like, I'm fairly certain it's referred to as the crazy bitch. Yes. And I'm not saying that's not true. Um, but you get so much more to yeah. her. And, like, literally, I figured that would be the character I would, like, relate to the least. Yeah. Because even someone like Nate, I'm no jock, but, like, I'm a dude. That's something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Maddie, you get to the point where you just, like, you get her childhood, childhood intro yeah. and everything. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm really, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about her and she's there's a lot more to this character. Yeah, well when you get the moment actually during the play like when they're showing the sleepover. Yep. And they explained that Maddie was staying a lot over at Cassie and Lexi's place because her parents were fighting all the time. Yep. That just that in itself it gives you so much insight on like her childhood of like this kid that's just plagued with like a lack of understanding of love as well. But from a little different from Cassie's understanding that like hers is just that when love's a real thing, you hang on to it. Exactly. Because that's not what her parents did. She fears when it's going to be gone. Yeah, she fears when it's going to be gone. Like when she gets choked out by Nate, you know, she, yeah, that's a whole thing. She gets choked out by Nate and she stands to defend him because that still is love in her eyes. For sure. You know, unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. And, you know, there's She's a in lot- a better spot now. Yeah, there's a lot to unravel with that in itself. But, like, even when she's being held down by the cops, it's such a hard scene to watch because you can just feel this, like, like a teenager in an adult's world where nothing's being explained to her and she's being thrown into the middle of it. You know, like, yeah. she, she didn't want to make a scene about all of it. She put on the turtleneck, she put on the hoodie, and ended up having a crash from Molly, right? Like, yeah, and, like, she's not even the one who... It started this whole thing getting the cops involved. No. Like, she did not want that. Yeah, no. And she fought so hard against it while it was happening. And the way that resolves is... God, poor Tyler. Uh, poor Tyler, <laughs> yeah. Poor Tyler, man. Dude just trying to be a side character. It's like, let's put him to the front. That just <laughs> makes Nate even that much more terrifying. Absolutely. Whenever he, like, he finds horrifying. his way into 
Tyler's apartment, you know. And then he it, finds his way into Maddie's yeah. in season two. And that is, I was like, fuck. Yes. And he has the nerve to be like, I was just kidding. I was like, please, Maddie. I think, please, Maddie, stop. <laughs> I think in a way he was trying to recover from whatever was like going to stick with her after that. Yeah. Of just being like, I was just, it was just yeah, a bad yeah, joke, yeah. you know. He's such a cunt. But even when they introduced <laughs> him, he's like sitting in her room with a gun in his hand. He's like, wouldn't it be bad if I came here to apologize? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to apologize. And I was like, you know what? That's that's honest. Yeah, right? it is. Like, at least you're, you're Maybe not going to be here like, I'm here to say sorry, you know? <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. Because season one, there's a lot of Nate. And, yeah. like, he's at the front of a lot. And it's like, you feel like every time he's on the screen, you're like, oh, I want to punch something. Yeah. Maybe him. I want to punch his kissing booth. Um, but uh, <laughs> but then you get to season two. And he's still, obviously, big character. Yeah. But you don't get him as much. Like, at least at, in your face as much. And he's still doing a lot story-wise. Um, but it's just like that he's a really established character yeah. and then he's just doing his thing. And well, working and his you story get to line. see his obsession. Yep. You get to see his sheer obsession. Like there's so much, I keep wanting to say depth because there's his love for jewels mm-hmm. that they don't fully address. I guess they don't, he doesn't just outright say it, but you can kind of like gather the information that he actually loved jewels mm-hmm. and he actually is like gay and he's battling or he's bi. But he's battling that sexuality because of his father, which is why he also hated his father, which is why, like, Cal was such a problem for him because that's who his dad was, you know, was this, you know, guy that was filming his interactions with people, right? The second they showed that, I was just like, man, because they show that pretty early on, if I remember correctly, like his childhood intro. I think that's the second episode. Oh, that early. Oh, I think man. so, yeah. That might, you might after, be right. At the end of the first episode of the season, it's when they reveal who Jules got. Yeah, it's like things got complicated. It It shows the family picture. It was Nate entering the house and then there you see the family photo of Cal with his sons, you know. And it's such a good picture of like what looks like a normal family. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. But I mean, Maddie, so to follow with discussing Maddie though, because it's true, like she's one of those characters that you're like, I don't know if I could relate with that, Mm -hmm. you know. There's so so much that's given about her that's like, okay, yeah, I could. You know, I could see... Why would she, why she would have this obsession with Nate? I could see why she would want to defend him. Like, why would you want to get the cops involved? There's so much going on there that's overwhelming. But then at the end, with the exchange that she has with Cassie, I think just that little snippet means so much. It does. It does it because does. Cassie had made the comment of like, "Oh, actually, he broke up with me before I went on stage." That Maddie was just like, "That's just the beginning of it." Exactly. And that means so much because it means that she's free of Nate, but that means that Cassie's going to be going through the same exact things. Mm-hmm. You know that it's just a cycle repeating itself. Um, real quick, because you touched on it, and it has to do with Cassie and um, Cassie and Maddie as well. The during the play where it shows a sleepover. Um, yeah. When you see how cl- it does, a, it like accidentally shows you how close she was with Cassie and her yes, family. Yeah. And it adds like a layer of, because obviously we're all like, okay, somebody needs to slap Cassie in the face. Like, yes, absolutely. So she needs to be knocked. She needs some sense knocked into her. Maddie was over here like, this bitch, this bitch needs to be put down. Exactly. And I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to argue that. But um, it just adds on like a little sad note of just like, because. Uh, it's it's easily easy to forget there towards the end of the season because Cassie yeah. does get a little too sassy in certain ways. Yeah. Um, and doesn't really own up to anything. But at the beginning of things, she did kind of fall into this situation with Nate. Yes. Um, and she, you see it on her face in almost any scene. 
she it's killing her it's it eating is. her inside yeah absolutely. and it's understandable because she made a mistake and i do i want to believe had this come out sooner and she like confront like um confided in maddie yeah maybe things could have di- turned out differently but unfortunately she she got on the hook she, yeah, she, she got it she got, she got addicted obsessed. to that nate attention she got yeah. obsessed with the love yeah she got obsessed with the treatment you know the the wanting for more in a way because Nate never gave Cassie that fully, you know, exactly. because Nate was trying to cover for his father for the longest time and making sure that Maddie wouldn't, you know, send that disc to the police. Yeah. Because she was the one that actually had it. Um, there's just, there's so much there, you know, it, I don't, I can see where Cassie's, you can kind of agree with Cassie in a way to like, mm-hmm how she decided to go about things the scene though where she's fighting with her mom oh, her God. poor mom is just can you please her mom's, just... tr- her mom's like breaking apart inside just trying to hold yes. this family together thank god lexi's so easy yeah <laughs> but she still does a really good job of supporting lexi in the ways Absolutely. you don't necessarily realize I mean, she needs. how she was the whole play like she's literally oh dude roasted. and like it had the like the boy wasn't dressed up pretending to be the mom and she's like that's yes. supposed to be me. to me i was like that's the best mom and she ever was telling him he's doing a great job too she's like you're exactly like me you got the mannerisms and everything like and then she when was all for cassie it. ends up breaking up the play for a little bit her mom is like uh-uh and she gets up there and does her best to just manage yes. it and i don't I don't know how you manage that better than no. she did because there's, I mean, it's a mess. Yeah. It's going to be a mess. Yeah. But like even the scenes where like she's on the couch just trying to watch her TV show and Cassie's yeah. there like, is it me? Am I the problem? And she's like, honey, no. Yeah. Just, you know, take a, take a break. And she's like, take a break from what? I'm just trying to explain myself. You know, like it's seriously, it's someone trying not to deter her daughter in a way she loves her daughter yeah, she, she loves clearly daughter, loves both yeah. of these kids she doesn't want her daughter to hate herself for the situation but she wants her to understand where she was wrong with it too you know like they weren't together that's what i was saying it's like i know you know <laughs> just take a break and they end up being some of the funniest scenes but when you think about them and it's like yeah. this is this is obviously going to have an emotional toll on both yeah. of them well and that's actually where i found myself relating more with lexi in the situation where cassie's just like shitting on lexi yeah and it, you just want to be there to defend Lexi of like, she's not the problem. Exactly. You know? Like, and, she doesn't play a part in this. And like when she goes up there, because like, I will stand by that I'm a Cassie fan. But I, again, do not defend anything she does here. <laughs> Other than that great death stare, it's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, when she goes up there and she's like, I'm so sorry I outshined you, Lexi. Oh, da, 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 yeah. da. Um, it's just as Fez warned Lexi. Yeah. Like some people need these kind of situations. Um, and the fact that it really speaks to, uh, Cassie's character, she, there is a way to look at this and realize she could have taken this opportunity to be like, oh, I made some of these mistakes yeah, and could have grown from them. Um, and also been like, my sister's been watching me and actually been, because guess what? She's wanted all along. Somebody to pay attention to her. You've had her there the whole time. And she's, she'll ask me like, there's even the scene where she's like, are you okay? Yeah. She's like, well, do I not look okay? You know? It's <laughs> and so she just reacts sad. in like the worst possible way to Absolutely. someone just like trying to check in on you, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel so, because because though I do speak very highly of Cassie, just loving her character and understanding her, I of course also love Lexi and understand Lexi. And I was just like, let her in. If yeah. you're going to let somebody in, dude, let it be your sister. Yeah. 
And literally the least toxic person, the one with the least toxic traits of all of these people, yeah. it's fucking Lexi. Well, and let it be the person that has experienced the same traumas as you, you know? She yeah. lost her dad, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, that's she, true. She watched, she was scared. Like, they showed the scene of them getting the ice cream where the, the dad was totally not there. Yeah. And they're like, should we just call someone else to come pick us up, you know? And Cassie was there like, don't, we don't want him to think that, like, we're not okay with him, you know? But Lexi was just terrified. <laughs> And I want to point out because I, I, I forgot to bring it up earlier because you you're talking about how a lot of like how Cassie fits like a beauty standard yeah and whatnot and that's highlighted. I think it's so interesting that they get you started off with that pretty early on in her childhood intro where it's yeah. talking about how like people are treating her dad differently because he's attractive yeah. and she's like watching it and learning yeah. from it and it's like and that just it's it's one of those organic like threads of her character. Yeah, well, even when they touched up on like when she started to blossom you know oh god those hugs the the even the relatives the male relatives in her family just like changed they they there was this sudden change and you see them like coming in and squeezing her in like an extra weird way you know and like to speak to your point because this is obviously something as a as a male i couldn't fully i i can never say like i 100 percent understand what that's like but this was filmed in such a good way to make me be like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it gives you like, I guess the best way to describe it is like a glimpse in that window. Yeah. Because obviously I'm, it, I, I can't be I there. guess the best way that you could put it is it makes it hard to argue that it could yeah. be any other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, You know? And it just puts you front and center because it's like, because you don't see her face for a lot of those scenes. It's over the shoulder. Yeah. And you see their faces as they're hugging her. Yes. And it's just like, oh, these hugs are lasting a little too long. Yeah. Like, they're like, come in. Let's get a hug. You know? And you're like, oh, dude. Not cool. Every time know? I see her, Ernest. I actually went through a lot of that as a kid. Hugging your younger uh, family members? My, my mom's friends. Oh, feel you. Uh, feel yeah. You. Right around, like, 13, 14, stuff like that. Like, it, it turned from just getting, like, my my cheeks pinched to like them like touching my face and holding my face yeah, and shit like that yeah. like yeah she got just oh you're so handsome like da 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 now not saying it's the same perspective because it's definitely like the other side of the coin um but it is super uncomfortable and especially at a young age like it is more difficult to find the courage to be like yo that's weird stop you know what i mean because like grown-ups are supposed to be right yeah um, yeah and that's something you don't question at a very young age yeah yeah so like you know i just have to sit there and like like oh this is just regular embarrassment that i'm feeling um but really like it's not it's so much more than that you know um so yeah her and in those scenes and just feeling awkward there like i i totally fell for her well i think and you bring up a good point it's one of those things where like you're suddenly being sexualized right and you don't not speaking for you specifically but in like general speaking like you don't understand that that's happening in a way you do like you just feel it like it just feels weird it doesn't feel like there's right intentions behind it. It's not just a greeting now. It's like there's something added to that, right? And they highlight that so well with, with Cassie, you know, that suddenly she was being sexualized. Right. You know, and McKay, we haven't really touched up on McKay, but he didn't like that that was happening to her, you know, but he he didn't approach it in a good way. He He didn't ask her about it because I bet you had he, like, she she would have explained to him that that was never something that she wanted to do, you know? Instead, his approach was actually copying what he had seen. 
Yeah. You know, like the first scene of them getting together, he was so aggressive with her that she was like scared, you know, and that's because she was still being sexualized. And And I think that's a big part of McKay's character in that he was pretty much like made to follow. Yeah. Like you see it with him and his father and like I see it all the time. Like I coming from a basketball background, like in high school and stuff like that. A lot of my friends have grown up and not saying they're doing it in a bad way or the way that McKay's father did it. But, you know, sometimes I see pressure on kids to like be great. Yeah. And that can kind of kind of put that chip in their brain that like people are telling me this harsh stuff because they know what's best for me. Mm. And you see that a lot in his relationship with Nate in that Nate will kind of just like push things on him. And even though he's like, there's part of his brain telling him to like resist that. Yeah. Eventually he kind of like falls victim to it. And he's like, okay, you know what? Like they know what's best for me. I should do it this way. Yeah. And you see how it affects his relationship. Well, with yeah. Cassie like what could have been a wonderful thing. Well, cause he, she loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. with the scene of, um, after the frat party, and they like come in and they basically like bring him to the ground and you know they jump on him they just you know kind of beat on him in a way um then you see him just go to the bathroom like shaking and crying just kind of recovering himself to then going back to cassie and being like why are your clothes on yeah you know like what are you doing instead of actually discussing what had just happened and even cassie was like texting maddie telling her like it was really weird like mckay like we haven't really talked after that because it was just it was so strange that you can kind of see the mentality that mckay has of keeping up a performance instead of actually being like honest and open with himself like when cassie had found out that she was pregnant his first thing was i have a life you know i'm still going to college i'm still college student like oh my dad's gonna kill me it wasn't what are we gonna do it was immediately like, how is this going to affect me? This is going to be bad. You're like, we can't do this. You know that, right? You know, that there was no sort of openness to the conversation. Like, in a way, if th- I think if they stuck with keeping McKay in the show, it would have to be about him addressing, like, his issues with not, you know, having any sort of, like, openness to anything in a way. I think it's also really great that they managed to squeeze in the perspective of like a student athlete um it's not something that you get a lot of especially in shows like this um but just like i've seen it so many times where somebody is just killing it like in their city in their town stuff like that and you're like oh that guy's going places and then they get to college and you see every everybody that's on a college team they're there because they're good and he is like, yeah, like now I'm here and I'm just the another bench. guy. Yeah, yeah. When I was a superstar back home and just that like level change and stuff and the weight that it could have on people like following sports myself. Like I've seen it like so many times where like because they follow kids from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, one of my homies that like. I was saying he like pushes his kids to do well in, in sports and stuff. He also does it in a very healthy way. I love you, Josh. Um, <laughs> and and his son is like third or fourth ranked for the class of 2028 or something like that. He just had his first uh, middle school um, 
his first middle school basketball game the other day and he's already on like lists and stuff like that of like the like who's going to go to college in 2028 and like their chances of making it to the league and stuff like this so like in that culture it's from a very young age that they start like putting pressure on these kids and like it it can work out and they can excel and stuff like that and if they don't make it then you know there's good turns to take along the way but you see how it weighs on somebody too so i I really enjoyed that yeah Yeah, it is definitely an interesting perspective um they definitely touch on it i feel like a little more with season one um i think you're the one who just said no you were saying how nate was pushing things on mckay um and it's very interesting because at the carnival literally nate's dad's pushing stuff on mckay yeah and he's just like awkwardly like hey it's 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 fine i'm just i'm on the bench for right now it is what it is and he's just trying to get out of that awkward conversation yeah well yeah even even that interaction actually was kind of interesting in in mckay's perspective with cassie yep that he couldn't even admit that they were together and he had just previously told her that he loved her Mm. and she even called him out on it of just like like you can't even admit that we're together i was so mad at him yeah (laughs) yeah like i was so mad he cared so much about what he looked like, I guess, at least from my perspective, and this is more like a female perspective of mm. like, he cared much more about the perspective that he had with men than he did with women. Absolutely. And you it's know. definitely a thing of like, I don't want to look dumb from my friends and whatnot. Yeah. And when you think too much about it, you're going to realize in 10 years, you look like a complete idiot in front of everybody. Yeah. Well, and Nate, <laughs> especially like he really dig into the perspective of Cassie of like, oh man, you don't love her, you know? Um, Speaking of, because I forgot about this moment till just now, I guess just because we're talking about both of them, it is quite a scene, the season one, uh, episode one of season two, The Party, um, where Cassie and McKay have a little conversation, and obviously before that, there was some stuff going on between Nate and Cassie, and then Nate, like, pastors him, did did y'all sleep with each other? Oh, yeah. Did y'all fuck? Did you get in there? And he gets really detailed and personal. Yeah. You get in there, bro? You get in there, bro? And at first, McKay's just like, no, bro, no, 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 no. And it's just like, hey, 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 yeah. no, man, man. Like, back and off. he's just like in his, he might as well be kissing him. And it's just like, bro, calm down. <laughs> I think that that showed a really clear reflect reflection of like, Nate feels like he personally owns someone. Absolutely. And they do, I don't forgot who they do it with. Because you say that and like, it's in an intro. The way I can remember you, um, I was going to call her Euphoria again. What the fuck is <laughs> wrong with That's not a superhero. Like, I don't know what that is. Zendaya. <laughs> Zendaya. Um, where she literally, Rue, just say Rue. Uh, when, uh, um, when Rue talks about, unfortunately, the only real kind of love he has is when he's able to own something. Yeah. And I, and I think that's when, because Cassie like surrenders herself to that. Absolutely. Because to be owned yeah. is to its own type of love. Yeah. And I it's mean, like when, a guaranteed set of attention. With the scene of him just dressing her. You know, like he picks her up. She lives with him. He's dressing her for school. I hated when he asked her to move in. Yeah. <laughs> so mad. Oh, the, her, their mom just like watching her grow out the door. Just like, I know I can't stop you. But respect to that. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to you gotta let them make the mistakes. Yeah. But, it's, and, but at the same time, one. and they don't really show it. But I have to imagine in the, in the heart of that woman, the mom, like there is a fear of like, I just don't know how it's going to play out. But you can't control it, unfortunately. Shout out to Ru's mom. I'm fucking loving. Oh, I love her mom. Can I say that one of my favorite scenes in the entire fucking series is the end of that party episode. 
because Fez leans over and he's like, hey, I got to be getting out of here. But oh, can yeah. I get your number? And Lexi gives it to him. And I was so happy in that moment. And then he gets up and takes off his shirt and whoops the shit out of Nate. <laughs> and it is fan-fucking-tastic. It's beautiful. It's a great oh, moment. Bro, I cheered. Yeah, like, yeah. I fucking cheered at that shit. Oh, and because it's so deserved. Like, yeah. of course, at this point, I feel like he deserves a little bit more because it didn't deter him all that much. No. Well, um, on top of that, actually, you have to add that Fez even made the precaution of getting Ash to get ready to go. Yeah. And, like, they have the whole scene of Ash sitting in the car just waiting, like, anxiously, you know, what's going to happen? What, you know, he's not questioning. He's just in the car ready to go. That boy is so down. Absolutely. He's such a G. That, yeah, the whole, like, yeah, you know, to a New Year's resolution, like, can you believe that you got my place raided, basically, and then just smacks him over the head with the bottle and was wailing on him. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, like, with that, that was the same, that same episode started with literally us learning that his grandma had taught him that sometimes you just have to be violent. Violence is the answer in this case. Yeah. And so they even had him, like, ask, like, Fez was even wondering how his grandma would have handled Nate, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that was his response. She would have just beat the shit out of him. Because <laughs> she beat the shit out of that man with that crowbar. Yeah, just she like did. In a, Like, on yeah. a public street corner, like, in front of a restaurant. Like, that shit was crazy. Yeah, like, she did. But, yeah, you have that kind of stuff, like, shown to you that that is an answer and it works. Then, yeah. I mean, of course you're going to mimic that as you're growing up. So, because like, it's so easy to forget that Fez is like the same age as these motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, he's, he is also like a young man. He's you a know, little older learning. Cause he, he's at least in his, he, they acknowledge he's like 20. Yeah. 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 Young man. Just like still learning, man. It's, it's, so easy to forget because he is like out of that element the yeah 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 like but he's that. still like going to the parties and everything yeah 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 and because that's where he makes money of course of course this man so, needs the money so aside from the characters there's actually something i want to highlight about that first episode because i still see it come up in a lot of scenes actually um is the visuals so when jules sees roof the first time again and it's a decision whether they want to actually interact with one another because the the last time that they had interacted from what we'd seen was jules was getting on the train and rue wasn't um so it's just continuing right after that um to then maddie and cassie dancing together right like following it to to where nate is just standing and watching the both of them like there's so much visual that's following like we see cat with her boyfriend i mean rip that relationship but <laughs> right like that's that's what they establish as well visually and then we kind of get some snippets throughout the season once again with labyrinth and his new song that he had made with zandaya that they sang at the end of the last episode which mm, they did it in the first season as well <laughs> but like even that first episode had so much like visual context to it that you didn't even necessarily need but it provided so much in a way that it's just like yeah this like being being someone that followed when they released the episodes for season two is like they're doing it they're they are following the series exactly how like season one went like they're they're not they're not just trying to keep a series going mm -hmm. and that was probably the biggest thing that i found for like euphoria especially it is it wasn't one of those shows where like the first season did so well that they 
kept it going because of how well it did but then it just ends up like watered down content mm -hmm. it was seriously like you were following these characters mm -hmm. and their development and like the first episode in the second season i think establishes that so well absolutely like you meet Faye, you meet Lori, you meet like a lot of the new characters you meet elliot right that's that's who Rue finds and she almost yeah. overdoses like in the first episode as well like it it gives you so much like context in a way as to how the rest of the season's going to go mm -hmm. you know what's happening with Rue with Rue meeting Elliot to then Jules seeing Rue again with Elliot right like it's just this whole development that you get from it's the beautiful first chaos yeah. yeah you know where what's going on with cassie what's going on with maddie right i mean that uh, whole bathroom scene i love the bathroom scene oh my god when, <laughs> when cassie's just it, i've never been so stressed about like someone laying in a bathtub <laughs> oh well i guess in, when you get to the final at the end of the season um what about the end of twister chris i don't remember it i remember the cow oh they have to tie themselves. It makes sense. Up. It makes sense in context. I just don't remember that movie. Okay. Helen well, Hunt. Continue. Rocket. Um, but like her literal, and it, the, to talk about that camera work, just showing, you don't even think about it. Yeah. She's in there for a minute and then it just shows her phone. And yeah. I'm like, why is it showing her phone? And then it goes to Lexi being like, oh, where is my sister? And I was just like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. And then one of the biggest laughs I've had, because it's just so random, is... Dude walks, she gets out of it because yeah. Manny's like, let's go dance. Gets out of there, all this. Um, a guy just walks in there to like take a shit. Yeah. And like yeah. his dick's hanging out and everything. Oh my God, you're hot. I'm going to still take a shit though. Yeah. And she's just like, she was crying and like stressed out and panting. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he good. Shows up. He's, he's someone that says something in the audience too when they're like fighting. Oh, that's he's, great. He's, he like shows up and he's like, oh shit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, It was guy. so good. It was such I good. I love though in that one scene, it shows so well Maddie's character when the guy was like, oh my God, there's a girl passed out in this tub here. And she's oh, like, yeah. okay. And you know, like she just didn't <laughs> It's a party, a man. Yeah. Hey, man. It's, it's okay. It's the way you know? it's the way things go sometimes bro like she could have been dead or something yeah. it's like ah oh, leave her she just it's fine. did not care like maddie's such a she's such a strong character and one of the biggest key elements about her is her confidence mm -hmm. um and there's literally like in lexi's play where it's her asking maddie how can you be so confident uh -huh. and maddie answers with just like the simplest answer of like i just do you know like i I just decided one day that I'll be my confident self and I've stuck with that and it's worked for me, you know, and like you could do it too, Lexi, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to, cause some of these things I'm just remembering as we're talking, I love her little relationship with the, the, the parent she's babysitting for. Yes. It's, it's so good. And like, you see like it's learning mode. It's the only time I really, cause Maddie's like a larger than life character here. And as you get to know her, it's just like, she knows it. Um, but that's like one of the only scenarios you see somebody who, Talking down's not the right word. Mentoring, I guess, is maybe what I mean here. Right, right. Because um, she idolizes this person. Like, she tries on her clothes and stuff like that. And, it's and like, she's not robbing her. She's just like, man, I would love to have this stuff and all that. Um, and she's really good with the kid also. Like, we played play, we play video games for two hours. It's, it's, she's so sweet. Um, but they have a conversation in the pool. Yeah. About, like, because obviously we've talked about Cassie um, and the situation sleeping with Nate, being the person who cheated on um, on her and then you find out that the person she's babysitting for is like I've actually been in her shoes I did the same thing she's like don't tell me that and they just have a really good conversation about like there were some things I just wish I knew back then um, 
And there's like that whole conversation ends up being like a reassurance for Maddie because she, I, I don't know, man. It's just so good. It's so good. What did you have to say? Uh, I was actually about to bring up that same point. Yeah, yeah, same page all the time. Fucking, um, but yeah, I, I feel like that conversation plays into the end of the season and the closure that we get with um, Maddie and Cassie yep. towards the end because, like, I feel like if she had not had that conversation, then just like Nate said, like, she probably would have fucking killed her. Yeah. But she just mm-hmm. beat her ass a little bit. Um, and then they're like sitting there together, like having a conversation afterwards, like because there's still like they you could tell there's still love there, but it's yeah, like it's it's not hate, but like you deserve this ass beating though. Um, well, and her de- and her decision not to release the tape, I think yeah. that factored into it quite a bit, you know. And I yeah, but her getting that perspective from somebody that she does idolize like you said i think played a huge part into that and like thank goodness because i'm pretty sure yeah. cassie be fucking dead right now i do want to address something though and this is something that i've been curious about um is they revealed that there was a camera that they had in the closet and like that's how she knew to give maddie the like sequin purple dress I wonder uh, if in season three that's going to lead to something. Like a part of me is kind of curious because I could see it going a lot of ways. Is they've been filming her this whole time that she's been like undressing in that closet, you know, and trying uh, on all of that clothing. I was like, what is that going to lead to? You know, <laughs> like wait a minute. Can I give a shout out to motherfucking Ethan though, man? Ethan is so amazing. I love that fucking kid. That's Cat's boyfriend, if you were wondering. Oh, okay. I was like, Ethan. Yeah, everybody was sitting here with blank fucking faces, man. That that kid is so fucking talented. Like, Absolutely. His, his, like, his parts in the play really, really highlight. Like, his, his fucking performance skills are fucking top Yes. Um, and I, I'll circle back around to that. But just his character from the beginning, just being like, the regular high school boy yeah you know? and like I, I definitely see why him and cat weren't right for yeah. each other like she is definitely at a stage in her life where she probably needs more especially especially the route that she was going like his life was nothing compared to hers you know especially with like her online presence even aside from like going into the sex industry like it was well known that she was a good writer and she right. she was very well known. Yeah, she was very well known as a good writer that like, but that's her identity online. And she never really exposed that identity to anybody that like he didn't fit in that. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he wasn't part of that like fantasy image that she had and, and really yeah. wanted. Um, when technically, I mean, there was other people around that fit that like way more. Yeah. And like, it's a sad truth of life that the good guy isn't for everybody yeah like good i've seen so many good guys sit there and fucking cry their eyeballs out because they love the bad girl and it's just it's just not right for them yeah there are some people that need that element of drama and she and like, like she she Maddie, yeah she yeah. like shook him up basically when he at the Halloween party, as an example, you know, where she's like, well, how many people have you been with? And he's like, uh, none. none. And she's like, well, I don't get with virgins because you guys don't know what you're doing. And he like, he tried his best, you yeah, know, you could yeah, tell that she like shook him up though. Like, oh man, this girl's like not 
on the same level as I am. And either I have to be there or I'm not going to get her, you know? What I'm happy for him on is that I feel like, even though that shit didn't work out, um, is I feel like that that boosted him a bit. Like Absolutely. You could, you could see that confidence just yeah. exuding on that fucking stage, man. Oh, dude. And, like, his parts in the play are probably, like, some of my favorite parts, for sure. Um, that Because him, like, you talked about it earlier, him playing the mom, it's yes. So fucking yeah, good. he did and such he a good job. And he gets her like mannerisms and stuff down like so well. Yeah, and her yeah. it on <laughs> makes it even better. Um, but that that one scene that they end the episode on, um, and it's great too because that's when Nate fucking walks out, and Cassie comes back, <laughs> and oh my god. Uh, Cassie comes back and she's like fogging up that fucking window. Yeah. It's amazing, bro. That was such... But the crowd just going wild to that fucking football skit. Yeah. And everybody on that stage just killing it. Just killing it. And the crowd going wild. It was it was such a fucking vibe, It was bro. such an eye-opener, though, I assume for Nate. Because he tries to be so perfect about everything that he does. He tries to be so strategic that even Lexi knew that he was gay. Even Lexi was aware of it. Like, and, and staying, of course, Lexi's the observer and she was there still close to a lot of it. Like, it was that obvious to her that it was that obvious to so many other people. Rue knew. Obviously, Jules knew. You know, Maddie was starting to figure it out. Yeah, Lexi knew. Like, just him being called out by, like, the play and the whole school just, like, laughing and losing it with it. You know, it just... It, it said it, though, to the audience of, like, He's gay. Like, oh, he, yeah. he is absolutely, you know. I also love all the, uh, the like, backstage cast and crew of the fucking play. The supporters of Lexi are some of the best things we've ever seen. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. This is just how she works. I love homegirl with the little voice, man. Yeah. yeah she's amazing. <laughs> she's so sweet, and she's so she's motivational so for Lexi. Like, the show must go on, man. The show must go but, on. So, because you brought it up earlier, and, like, how... Maybe Nate's Nate's definitely not 100% straight here. Um, I do think the show, because obviously this is a modern setting. This is in, in season two literally came out this year, 2022. Um, there's a whole new lens to look at with a lot of this stuff. And they do a really good job of showing like sexualities on a spectrum. Yeah. Like, and I'm fairly yeah. certain it's a joke. If I can, if I'm remembering it correctly, like everyone's a little gay. Yeah. They have that <laughs> whole conversation where they say like, is anybody like truly straight or truly gay? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Maddie brings it to Nate and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like, cause he doesn't want to accept it. Well, even with Rue, they brought up Rue's sexuality that mm -hmm. she most likely was asexual. You know, that's when, that's right. that's that's when right. Elliot was talking with Jules and telling him or telling her about the difference, you know, between the both of them that they were like, you think Rue is asexual, you know, and Jules just had to be like, well, she's not the most sexual. I took person. that so like threatening from him. I was just like, <laughs> stop talking shit about Rue. <laughs> Stop well, no, but her. I think that's kind of in like they even touched up on it of like a character that's on the opposite side of it. Because I mean, for Euphoria, we could definitely talk about there's a lot of sex, yep. there's a lot of nudity, yep. and Rue wasn't falling into that category. It's true, you know. Even when they went over like their brief sexual history for Rue, mm -hmm. it was very like I just did a lot of stuff just to know, but I didn't really care for it. Yeah. You know, like when the guy's like, "Did you come?" She's 
Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, totally. And then you get you the know. opposite end of that with Jules, who's a very sexual person. Yeah. And it's yeah, just, exactly. it's a really good parallel. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and I love that Jules in that moment, because like I said earlier, Elliot, I like, I, I went back and forth. I was like, are you cool? <laughs> are you not? What are you doing? Um, I was like, are you the little finger? Like, what are you doing here, man? <laughs> um, but uh, Jules in that whole moment, because at first she's like she does reply like defensively yeah she's like of course she's sexual and then she's starting to acknowledge like maybe she's not like that but like like that but she never hates on it yeah she's like but what this is one of the things i love about rue it makes rue rue yeah and it's so good i love it it it's just one of those things that like no one's blatantly saying what they are or aren't Mm -hmm. i mean other than jewels for the most part but like no one's blatantly saying like, oh, I'm this other than Nate, you know, trying to argue that he's straight, right? The person who yells their sexuality the most is the one lying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like with Rue, you can you can kind of figure it out by how it goes that she's more asexual. You know, you can figure out for Elliot that he's just like fluid with it. You know, yeah. Jules is just, just a vibe. you know, mainly with men, but experiencing girls as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say Kat's probably pretty straight. At least yeah. right now, and maybe that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get more, but no. she definitely. And it's not about the amount of sex she had, but she definitely yeah. enjoyed the sex she was yeah. having. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing is, like, there's, there's that dynamic that's provided, then then we can even figure that out with like the great character. Exactly. Story yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not hating on her for being presumably straight. Like, it's yeah. it, it's a bad show if everyone's having to tell you what they are. Yeah. But it's a great show if it's just flowing in a way that you're like, yeah. this, that. Well, yep, yeah, yep. like, let's look at Lexi. Like, she's had the complete opposite experience from Cassie, where she wasn't mm-hmm. constantly being pursued. Mm-hmm. She she didn't really believe that anybody liked her. And even Fez called her out on it. Like, why do you keep doubting yourself like that? I love you that know? moment so much. Absolutely. Like, he, he was so in tune with everybody that he really spoke with, you know. But with her, he's just, why do you keep doubting yourself like that? She's, I do, you know. Because she's lived in that in Cassie's shadow, she's she's probably seen herself as like the ugly sister in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and it shows when she's having the most wholesome interaction with Fez where they're just sitting on the couch watching a movie that they both expressed that they loved and then like from there on out it was talking with each other every single day. Is Lex is Lexi a grade down from ruin them? No. Is she? Because she's not in the same grade as Cassie. I don't believe that Rue and Lexi are a year younger than Cassie, Maddie. Oh, Cat. Okay, I think. Okay, because um, Matt. I'm sorry, because Rue and Lexi were together since pre-K, since kindergarten, something uh, like that. And I'm not remembering and, the funeral. So yeah, and they talk about how um, yeah. they're starting um, high school the next year uh-huh. and stuff like that. Um, so. I believe Lexi is a year younger than Cassie. Okay. So, and Cassie. I knew they were the same close. Classes like Maddie. I know? will say until you said that, I assumed Rue was with everybody else. Um, <laughs> so my bad on that. But uh, yeah, because that that just is another perspective as like a younger child watching their older sister like in a grade higher. Like obviously you're maturing faster and all that. Yeah. Seeing get, getting all that attention. I'm um, just watching it from the shadows. Yeah, that's was, true. She did say how many days apart. Yeah. Yeah, that they were. That like okay, well now in 135 days i'll look like her oh dude her moments on that stage because like there's she's a presence she's yeah she she's great always but um she never has those moments until you get later to season two where she's like really commanding your screen yeah and obviously it's her play 
And it's such a like a great thing to see her when she's delivering those lines. Yeah. She's so good. And I honestly thought, um, because if if you've watched a lot of her childhood stuff, like she she's never been the strongest actor. She's in a lot of comedies and stuff like that. Yeah. Her, her father being Judd Apatow. Um but uh, I was like, oh, they're just putting her to the side because maybe she doesn't have the chops needed like everybody yeah. else. Um, but then she gets up there and it's like, bro, okay, <laughs> yeah. she's here, she's here, man. It's so good. That was it's so fitting for her character, but especially, mm-hmm. yeah, when she's like talking about how she's going to turn out to be, you know, that she's like, I'm gonna have all these men coming after me or like fawning after me or or when when she was doing the little like walk through of the hallway and like it goes to the guys sitting at some like trailer park or whatever and they're like man i wish i got with lexi howard yeah yeah i did too you know like (laughs) like just her saying that shows how she even sees her sister that that's the case for her sister you know and it's such an interesting dynamic but then she got like raw love Mm -hmm. and they they represent it so well even even though it's fez like i love fez don't get me wrong but it's hard it's a hard interaction because you understand fez's lifestyle yeah. you know and i you know it's gonna go somewhere like probably sad i wasn't ready for it to happen in the yeah. same season that yeah. they met. oh because it was so like it's watching the first season it's never something that i thought i'd like of Lexi and Fez being a thing, but then when they introduced themselves just yeah. talking on the couch, I was like, oh, I really like this. I hope it goes somewhere. I never so even and mentally was like, oh, yeah. these two should talk. Yeah. And then like they have their awkward like little moments and it's just like, this is the most sincere thing. Yes. And him even being like, no, you're the... You were the coolest person I've ever talked to. And I was like, oh, my goodness. When they watched Stand By Me, I was just like, fuck, yeah, man. It's so good. Uh, It's precious. It's such a precious moment. They're just on that couch. Yeah, he's like, oh, there's something in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's one of those, yeah, it's one of those moments you look at and you're just like, ah. (laughs) It's like a pocket of happiness. And you just, you don't think, you don't want to connect it to the rest. Yeah. (laughs) No, you just, you want it to be in that moment, you know? And even Faye, you see her and she just was like, she could tell what was going on as well. Yeah, she she definitely knew more than she was letting on. Yeah. Um, No genius by any means. No. But like on an emotional length, she definitely was there. I love that tie scene that you brought up earlier. Yeah. Or she's, and he's, and Fez just legitimately asked, do you think people will think I look all right? And and she's just like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, so heartbreaking, you know. And all of that is whittling, because at first... There's nothing explicitly said, but it does yeah. seem like she's going to side with her guy, obviously. Because he doesn't outright say, like, oh, he's coming over here to rattle Yeah. Me. You can uh, tell that she was struggling with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it just becomes more and more of a struggle. And then, of course, she makes a choice. And yeah. It's very rare you see somebody make a choice that you're like, I, I'm happy about this. Yeah. In this show. <laughs> it's like, oh, Well, and something I want to highlight about Lexi and Fez um, is it's kind of one of those questions of, like, like Cassie is a comparison. Cassie's just rushing into relationships to find love. Lexi wasn't Mm -hmm. and Lexi found like real honest love that it's one of those things of like if you just wait you'll find the right person Mm -hmm. you know and it's so I know that's kind of stretching it I don't know if that was like the goal with it but that's how I could see it kind of storytelling in a way of like you look at the love of Cassie rushing into things like Nate being a great example that he is not the person you want to be with he's not he it's not real love it's an obsession you know Mm -hmm. Whereas for Lexi, it was truly bonding with someone. It was like getting to know a person, finding these similarities, sitting down and being able to like, I could talk to this person for hours and it's Absolutely. never going to bore me. You know? And like, so you were bringing up Cassie and um, Lexi with that. I, I, I think 
because love is brought into all, every, not not almost every single one of these characters' yeah. storylines, and they're all so different from each other. I do think it does a great job of highlighting this is better for you, and yeah. maybe some people because Cassie obviously there's you don't think about a lot. There are some similarities between them. They're pretty much polar opposites, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. There are lessons you can learn from the people that were there all along. Yeah. And like, you're absolutely right. I hadn't even thought about that till you just said that now. Like, yeah. If Cassie would just take a note, which is another thing, like you can learn from somebody who's younger than you. Cause like yeah. we talked about the play being a thing, like that's a unique perspective to be able to see the decisions you've made up before you. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine it's just like played out in front of you like that? Yeah. Like, I would see a lot about myself that I probably wouldn't have noticed. I know? would have left if my weird masturbation molly scene was up there but there's a lot before that <laughs> i think i would have stuck around for that part <laughs> but um speaking about like how people felt about that play mm -hmm. I, it was just such a beautiful thing to see rue take it oh that's that right she did, she's man. so supportive yeah she starts the clap Oh, no, yeah. she starts the, like, she starts the Lexi, chant. Oh, Lexi, dude. Lexi. Oh, that's such a great, that shit gave me goosebumps. Same, man. same, same, same. Um, but, yeah, like, how she says, this is the first time I was able to, like, see myself and not hate who I was. Like, that shit is so powerful. That shit is so beautiful, man. Yeah, especially for somebody that goes through it like Rue. Yeah. Um, and that scene where they sit in front of the couch and they have that conversation with one another um is is just so nice especially because like things that you highlighted earlier chris like how lexi's been there for her like since yeah. the beginning since they were in fucking kinder and shit yeah. like that like that scene of them sitting on the rooftop together of the store yeah and, where she's talking about like how to how her dad is like cool about a lot of things yeah. because he doesn't you know conform in a way <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's just it's so wonderful uh, i love that friendship so much um, yeah well then on top of that like talking about rue taking the play really well lexi literally like frame by frame in a way redoes her whole dad's funeral yeah and Rue just like takes it like a champ, you know, like the the thing that stuck with me was when Rue was saying when her dad was dying, just close your eyes and I'll be there. And while it's going on in the play, they show Rue in the audience closing her eyes as that's being said. And oh. it like it breaks your heart, but it makes you happy that that is still something that she does to remember her father. You know, I haven't lost anybody like I haven't lost like a, a parent of any kind so I I don't fully know what that feeling of loss is but I can understand the sentiment of just being able to close your eyes and they're still there you know it's wild man at least for me like shit I just walk in the backyard and I just talk to her sometimes you know yeah like I have whole ass conversations with my mama and I feel like in those moments like I know what she would say you know sometimes I just like hold myself like this and i feel like that warmth of that hug yeah you know what i mean well they <clears throat> they kind of showed that as well with like rue you know having a moment where she's hugging her dad or like how she always has his sweater on you know yeah. that yeah. she still like holds on to her father you know and so having lexi kind of like it's a way that she paid an homage to what rue had to say to her father that day you know and not in a way that from my perspective, it was meant to be like disrespectful or used as content. It really was just to show like 
what Rue has gone through to lead up to her moments as well. You know, like truly when she had mentioned or made mention to that, like she tried to provide comfort for Rue, but she knew that drugs were providing much more comfort at the time than she ever could, you know, that she even understood that then. And like it, it gives even more of an explanation as to why Rue was doing what she was doing, you know? I love that poem that she reads to her at the beginning. Yeah. Like all the other girls are standing outside just like, being teenage girl <laughs> and she goes in there and just reads that poem to her like i just read this and i really thought it'd be like nice for you and stuff like she's such a cheese ball sweetheart man. yeah <laughs> well even the so correction amazing. to the original statement of like the winding road mm-hmm. that she's like actually you know the i wish i had it written down because it's really sweet but like yeah, the ending of it is actually pretty sweet. Like, uh, yeah, that you can reach beautiful landscapes if you yeah, continue or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful, man. And it just also shows like what Lexi did to kind of comfort herself for losing her father. Mm-hmm. You know that she had even when they sat down at the end and Rue was talking about the play. You know that she had asked like, "Well, what about your dad?" Oh, you know, man. yeah, what she says. Well, she says to her about, I'm sure that he wakes up every day and it hurts because he wants to be a better person for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that shit is so insightful and something yeah. that really only another addict could like give you. Yeah. So. Like, well, and I wonder if a part of it is also influenced by Ali. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. A huge part. I'm sure. Like. I feel like Ali is just a huge part of Rue's character, period. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Young man. blood. <laughs> man, man. Because, I, I mean, I don't know how I do in the face of that criticism because he is so real with her. Yeah. Like, he does not hold back. But in those situations with somebody like that, that they need harsh truth. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, but I believe, like, yeah, from the very beginning, as soon as – because – in the very first episodes when she has to start going to meetings and stuff like that, you could see her, see him like eyeing her across the yeah. room. And I figured sooner or later, like this motherfucker is going to come into play. <laughs> as soon as he does though, he has such a huge impact on her character. Yeah. And it's, well, can we yeah. talk about the, like her way of getting the guy to sign the paper to say that she'd gone to more sessions than oh she actually did? God, like dude, we could go to your shit. car. We go to your car. I'll suck your dick. You know, I'm <laughs> seventeen. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm seventeen. You asshole. Sign the paper. Like it was so quick. <laughs> One of my other like favorite moments, especially in season two, but like overall favorite moments, is during Rue's episode where she's like running around, you know, and eventually uh-huh. she goes to the Howards. So she goes to Lexi's, and. um you know, she comes back from the bathroom and it reveals that, like, her mom is there to pick her up. And, like, yeah. all of the rest of the friends are there. And then, like, Cassie's like, you just got to take it one day at a time, you know. Yeah. And she's like, hey, Cassie, I got a question for you. <laughs> oh, dude. And she just <laughs> destroys her. She just wrecks her. That, that, so, when I think back to it, like, in Euphoria in season one, there was kind of a pinnacle episode where, like, everything was kind of coming together. Yeah. You know, that in season two, that was definitely that episode with Rue. Where it was her like connecting all the dots for everybody else in a way, as you her know, life is falling as apart. her <laughs> life has fallen apart. That I'm trying to think back now on episode for season one. We'll come back to that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, 
That whole episode is insane. I didn't. Is it so focused on her everywhere she's going? Yeah. You don't expect her to like end up with other characters at, yeah. at some point, and then not only that to be like, okay, let's further this plot along. <laughs> Destroyed. Yeah. And oh how long my have you God. been fucking? And Nate? Maddie doesn't. She doesn't hesitate. No. She's like, what? Yeah. What are you fucking talking yeah. about? And it's like, oh <laughs> man. And it was one of those I've been seeing on Twitter where people were explaining like Maddie and Rue don't have the strongest relationship, but Maddie knew. That Rue would not lie about something like that. And it was like a girl to girl kind of thing of like, you wouldn't make this up. Uh Like, I know you're being honest with me and you're you're not fucking around with this. Uh Like, she didn't hesitate to believe Rue because it was one of those things of like, I know you wouldn't be the person to say this. Exactly. If you didn't know, you know, um, like how long have you been fucking Nate? (laughs) We're going back to the hot tub scene where she was like talking to Nate being like you replied a little too quickly why are you defensive like that yeah she was obviously very observant she yeah and she's able she to pick just, up on some bullshit yeah when it comes out obviously not necessarily always from Nate but yeah that's when she's getting in her own way I also feel like part of that is her being toxic as fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she yeah, loves she, the drama she loves, she the, loves the fight drama. yeah man she's so toxic and like part parts of that especially in the first season had me very on the fence about her Mm. um because there are things that i love about maddie that end up outshining these things i'm about to name Mm. but like and i think it's because i've seen it so many times of where just people are like not good for each other but they just are they feel like they're the stars have connected them or whatever the fuck yeah like and it's just abusive and toxic and just bad for everybody involved like including the people around her and um but she feeds like nate is a bad person yes but she feeds into that so much in this fucking series and she just eggs it on and like provokes him like he's a she's a fucking habitual line stepper (laughs) (laughs) she pushes people man i saw i saw it a lot with my mom and my dad man like fucking like they are fun people like fun to be around and when they're together like it was a good time but then when it's bad it's so bad that it outweighs all of yeah the good. it's kind of like the opposite of how i feel about maddie that, <laughs> that yeah. like her good outweighs her bad and and that's another one like i just had to keep telling myself like it's because she's a teenager and she's learning that she's doing these things yeah like, i can only hope that like these experiences and seeing like how that toxicity played out would like affect her in the future and like steer her more towards like good things yeah for sure. so i have a, a question i'm gonna follow it kind of with like what my answer would be but what's one scene that stuck with you is like this is real um because for me it was when it was near the end of rue's episode when when she goes over to Lori's and Lori is like, oh, I'll help you, you know, and she gives her, what does she give her? It's like morphine. Was it morphine? Yeah. When she yeah. puts her in the tub. Yeah. She puts her yeah. in the tub and like that whole scene, that whole time when like Rue wakes up and everything, I was terrified because that's such a real situation of like, is she going to be able to get out? And she did. Luckily, she found like a a bathroom window that she could sneak out of but just to get there it was the most like 
I don't know what's about to happen to this character. You know, I don't, she was real when she was saying that she was just going to sell her to some people to get her money back. Like, is this that situation? And it was talked about a little bit on Twitter too, where people are like, maybe there's more that happened to Rue during then, because we don't know how long she was out. We don't, I mean, she woke up in like a different set of clothing. We don't know when she woke up till when, when she entered into the house, even they kind of gave the idea that it wasn't even her coming home. You know, that whole scene is just like stuck with me of being absolutely terrifying. Like waking up in some other person's house and you don't know how to get out even. All the doors are locked. Like they're... The birds, yeah. Like, there's, you can't make a sound, but if you do, you don't know what's about to happen to you, you know? Yeah, it's, it's terrible she was in that situation in the first place. And I, I'm i interested to see what the fallout is going to be. I thought we were going to get an answer there when, um, when Faye starts saying, like, oh, it was Laurie that killed Mouse, huh. right? Like, to, for the sake of the recording. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is how they wrap it up. They're going to arrest Laurie and them, and then uh, Rue's going to be free to go without paying them back. That's that's how she gets out of this situation. And then all of that goes to shit. So she still owes those people that money, man. Like, I I can't wait to see season three, how the fuck that's going to play and out. And I can't wait till you actually ask answer Ash's question that she asked both of us. Oh, what was the question? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh man, well, it's repaying you for every time Justin does it. Um, but uh, yeah, go for it. So the question was, what was something that was really real to you? It's so tough. It, it's such a tough one. Maybe go first, Chris. It's so tough. It's so tough. Maybe go first, Ernest. <laughs> All right. So no, I can go first. I can oh. go first. Um, <laughs> so I have a couple of instances that I was just like, because obviously for me it's going to be. I have an instance in season one and then I have an instance in season two. Yours is obviously what I think is like the biggest one. Um, but the two examples I have here are, I just didn't see them coming and it's just like, Oh shit. I don't know what I got into getting into the show. Um, the first one being, Oh, I just lost it. Wow. So I'll go to season two first. <laughs> I don't know. I remember. Okay. Ernest. So Tyler, the, the whole Tyler situation where Nate, Oh my God, both of these involve Nathan. Nate, sure. Um, actually, that's not that surprising. But um, when Nate breaks into Tyler's house, and before that, he's just stalking him. He's watching him, and you later learn, like, he's learning his daily habits. He's just learning about this man. Um, breaks into his house, and they do it the same way they do with Maddie, where it's just, you see him in the house, and obviously we as the viewer are watching him, and it's a little bit of the person getting home, not realizing he's there, just doing their day-to-day. And then it's like, oh, because Nate waits. Nate waits and it's terrifying. And then of course, everything that happens with Tyler from there is just the show. Don't fuck around. Um, and then I do feel like it's hard to say this is ramped up, but because I have more of an attachment with Maddie, it hit a little harder. Um, still feel awful for Tyler. Dude didn't, didn't deserve that. Um, and now he's in jail, but it's just like, Oh man. Um, but the gun scene with Maddie, it, it's just like when you think Nate can't do more, do worse, can't do more to poor Maddie in this situation. It's only poor Maddie in the Nate situations. <laughs> um, but that gun to her head. Oh, my fucking God. I was just like, and you don't know because, you don't, first of all, you don't expect him to even do this. 
And him doing the Russian roulette. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like, like on top this is her. last, regardless of how this plays out, this is lasting damage, man. For, un, obviously, you're not too worried about him, but like, it's lasting damage for both of them. It is heavy. Um, but yeah, those are definitely the two realest moments I can think of. Uh, I think for me, it's going to be, it's, it's hard to pick out specific scenes, um, but anything with Rue and her mom. Um, That's fair. I uh, Rue's mom reminds me so much of my grandma and a lot of the things that she went through. I'll leave you to connect the dots there. Um, but yeah, like seeing that and relating it to how my grandma has handled similar situations, like when you know that somebody will steal from you, when you know that somebody will hurt you for to feed their addiction and to still be there and still love them and support them and stuff like that. I think that's almost what made me quit at the beginning of this, of the first season. And a little it's too real. It, it's a lot of like what kept me going though. Yeah. Um, and, but I guess the, the climax of that is her episode. Um, not her special episode, but yeah, yeah, the episode yeah, yeah. where she's having an episode. That's that's fair to uh, that's fair when, to point that out. When fair she enough. loses the suitcase and stuff like yeah. that, and just like her just destroying shit, stuff like that, and the way that her mother handles it, that's probably the places that like hit me the most. Yeah, for sure. That I was like, fuck, like this is too real, <laughs> you know. We were all we all had moments where we were both like. Fuck you, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, I had that moment when Rue was calling Ollie to ask for forgiveness. And it just like, because that followed with her like struggling with the Jolly Rancher. She couldn't even get it open. Like, good on Zendaya. Like, she got gross with it. The snot coming out of her nose. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things of like, you really pushed a boundary here. Absolutely. With not having any concern about vanity, you know, because I think... Personally, that could be a thing that could hold a lot of people back acting wise is they're just trying to look good on screen. Yeah. You know, that in this case, a lot of these actors, they did not hesitate, you know, with looking ugly in a way. Um, but then to her being able to pick up the Jolly Rancher and finally open it, you know, it, that answers a lot about her recovery to then just the apology. It's funny that you bring that up. Um, I remember seeing an interview with Tom Holland, of all people, happens to be Zendaya, Zendaya's uh, real-life boyfriend. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Euphoria's real-life boyfriend. Um, <laughs> where he said during the uh, Uncharted movie that he, he like, regrets his performance a little bit because he found himself more worried about, like, flexing and trying to, like, show his muscles through oh. his shirt. Um more than like trying to give a good performance like he was focused on the wrong things and i think it's like such a contrast here that you don't get that with anybody like it, it feels like every performance here is just given 100 percent. absolutely yeah. like yes it all feels so authentic so, like oh, very rarely did i feel that like this is fake 
you yeah. know like i i felt so many real emotions brought by like what felt like real people yeah for sure and that, that probably has a lot to do with like the style of writing that they did yeah. and stuff like that well, but that, just for them to be able that, to bring it to the screen yeah on top of the you have the influence of the visuals being provided the music being provided yeah they the narration when it's like it was timed so perfectly whenever you would get it that it would give you the rest of the answers you know you so much feeding into the great performances that's being provided there's even one part in season two where rue is about to go into a thing and meanwhile jules and elliot and then she's like you know what i'm pissed at them let's not talk about them and they just switch to a whole nother scene it's it's fucking perfect it's great um, well, but you know what's yeah, interesting man. about that too, actually, is it does kind of show what happened with Jules after that, and I think that was when Nate showed up with the oh, tape. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you said it at the beginning. I think it was the first thing that you said. The score on this is just so spot on. Absolutely. Um, not only not only the yeah. original stuff, but the um, just the soundtrack. Just like yeah. the, when you get Drake in there with that cat scene, it's like fucking awesome. Yes, uh, yeah. like all that type shit man yeah, like they so have many... great music drops in this shit yes there's so many moments where like just the the music that they decided to put into it just fit so perfectly you know with like the the one thing that i noticed kind of watching it again was the music in a way fit with the color scheme if that makes mm-hmm. sense so if it's like cat's room it was kind of darker mm-hmm. It wasn't this like happy music that you were hearing. It was like a darker kind of beat that went with it, you know, that that helped make it fit even that much more, mm. you know. Um, I did remember the episode. So I know I was talking about um, Rue's episode in season two being kind of like the peak mm-hmm. for the series. I'd say for season one, it was the carnival scene, the, the whole carnival episode that that really like brought a. Uh, a rush i guess to the season where yeah like yeah. that's when maddie gets choked out by nate that's mm-hmm. when cal gets revealed to be the guy that you know jules had slept with yeah. that's that's where gia starts to go in like a, a down a spiral mm-hmm. that you know we get a brief into that we see nate actually revealing himself to be tyler right like there's so much that happens in that episode that cassie has the best time of her life on a carousel <laughs> cassie has the best time of her life on a carousel she was being the baddest bitch she could be. She was. I felt so happy for her. Like, just doing her best. She's, like, just trying to be happy, man. Uh, and she doesn't do drugs, like, hardly ever. And, and she's just out here trying. <laughs> it's so oh, good. Cassie, no. Oh, God. That's my whole... That's... If I had to sum up my whole experience with the show... No, Cassie, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I keep forgetting to bring it up. So I'm going to do it now because you kind of reminded me of it. I love the, the season finale for season one is so different from season two. Yeah. Um, Cause it ends pretty much on like an interpretive dance number. Yeah. And it's so good. And like, you don't, and I'm happy that it's not in season two because season two did its own thing. Yeah. Incorporating what it's telling you in the play. And like, I hope three is different too. Yeah. Like I love not knowing what you're going to get, but so far, like we're eating so good. Yeah. And like, I, I can't, we've talked about originality a lot with this show. I can't think of a show that ends that way. And it's not like there's anything like that in the rest of that season. And it doesn't take away from it. Because personally for me, like I'm not a fan of musicals that I'd be hesitant about having a scene like that in such a serious TV show. Yeah. Because yeah. it could take away from it, but it really doesn't. You know? Absolutely. Because she's what because of that music is singing about and everything, yeah. Yeah, the what 
like the visuals of it she's wearing her father's jacket the whole time mm -hmm. you know like it actually ties into her character as rue you know mm -hmm. so and then it, it was actually funny like when the when it was announced that it was going to be like the season finale that they're going to be releasing for season two like all of twitter was like we're finally gonna get a new song with zendaya oh, labyrinth man. like we're gonna get that song i recommend listening to it uh, they, they did the soundtrack on the way here yeah well there you go they did provide it at like the when they were you know at the end of the episode of season two a little bit mm. but i recommend going and listening to the actual song like oh, labyrinth sure. okay. labyrinth himself genius absolute genius man his music he they, he was actually in the second season um i think it was before rue's episode but when she had like when she was dancing with her dad mm -hmm. the guy that was singing to her in the church was labyrinth and i don't know if you recognize that church but that was also the same church that in season one that's where her mom's giving that like amazing <laughs> yeah. speech about yeah, like, yeah. you know your your daughter's gonna grow up and she's gonna have her good days hitting those she's heavy heart bad days God yeah damn. but i love that they bring it back they they brought that church back actually a couple of times for rue specifically because that was also where she had to like look into a casket for her rehab facility and it was that mirror pointing at her you know that they also have that repetition of scenery that like helps you like the bathroom mm -hmm. that like girl's bathroom that comes up so many times in so it many does. different ways. It has like it its ends own. Our next season. Yeah, no. yeah <laughs> it has its own Im impact on it. You know, what do you mean? I look like I'm trying to audition for Oklahoma, right? <laughs> like, so good. Absolutely. You know, that's when Rue flushes her drugs, or that's when Jules kind of devastates Rue when she's talking to the other person, right? Mm -hmm. That's there's so much. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, God, this show's great. Yeah, this was very good. It, absolutely. I know we've talked about a lot of it, but like, go watch it. Absolutely. Even with any, any of the it. things, because this is the benefit of not doing things in a structured order. Like, yeah. we've done things in such an order. Like, I guarantee you, even if you knew how season two ended, if you start on the first episode of season one, you're going to be so intaken with these characters in the yeah. story, you're going to forget. Absolutely. Until, like, the last thing happens, it's going to be like, oh, no, we're here already. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, shit, man. Um, this show gives you so much more than you'll think. And I do not mean that at all to be, like, negative, no. like, from looking on the outside in. It's always been on my list. Um, you recommending it yeah. pushed it to the very front because we all have lists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, it's so much more. It gave me so much more than I thought yeah. I needed. It's and kind I'm of so a weird comparison, it. but I'd like to make it. Um, Schitt's Creek was well known for how they had an individual that was gay in it, mm -hmm. but it wasn't one of those shows where it had the criticism of other characters judging someone for being gay. Okay. And it was well known because of that and well liked because of that, because so many, at least from, from what I've seen, so many people talked about how like it could be what the world could be like if we were just open with gay people yeah where it's not questioned it's not a problem it's not an issue then in a way i can see euphoria being like that too uh -huh. where there's so much other drama you yeah, don't need it to be about gay well, people yeah even that but even when someone is like you know open about their sexuality in the way that jules is it's not being questioned mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. being like frowned upon in any way it's it's being embraced mm -hmm. you know whether that's by the director whether that's by the characters like at least that's how I've seen it. That's I believe you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would not believe you. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do believe you too. Um, but no, it's in that is part of just how much organic storytelling is here. Because, um, and I wanted to, I, I, I'm glad I'm remembering this now from what you're saying. Um, 
when you look at the problems a lot of these people are having, these kids, other than, unfortunately, the things Ash and Fez uh, face in the end, the stakes are actually pretty low if you looked at it on an outside perspective. Because um, a lot of it's dealing with relationships. Uh, actually, they're all dealing with relationships in just different ways, whether it be parental, familial, um, love, uh, just friendship. Um, and But the, the, the way it's filmed, the way the story's told, you're putting the character's perspective in such a way, you feel everything they're feeling. Yeah. And that's, like, that's why I resonate with Cassie a lot. Like, I... A lot of the times I'm like, God, I wish I didn't because <laughs> everything's so hard for her. Yeah. And like you understand the struggle she's going with and you want her to make these choices better. And like, dude, stay away from Nate. Everyone should know yeah. that by now. Um, and like she does it. And I felt like it's almost like I, I'm the drunk one. She's the driver. I'm like, I guess I'm going to go wherever she's taking <laughs> yeah. me. Like, it's just, oh, man, it's rough. I mean, speaking on that, Lexi even calls Cassie out. Where yep. she's just like, didn't he used to make fun of you? Yes. You know? Well, that's because I didn't know him at the time, you know. <laughs> and she has her defense for him. And it's just have, a different level of toxicity. I do have to give a shout out to a character, actually. Go for it. Um, Marsha, Nate's mom. Because when we're, oh, first, yeah, when we're first introduced to her, um, we kind of, at least for me, I went along with how she, she was described from Nate's perspective of just being like, she just yeah she has like one line of dialogue in season one yeah yeah she really doesn't say much you know she so you you kind of follow with the perspective that you're given that she's just a pushover Mm -hmm. and she just doesn't care you know but then in season two when cal has his whole you know decorating that house yeah decorating that house um the following episode she's so aware of everything like she's a great even, conversation with nate yeah like she's like she even calls him out on choking cat like maddie of just like like tense. you didn't have to go and choke the girl i didn't like her and he you know he tried to be so defensive and she's like okay okay you know she was aware i'm just calling it like i see it yeah, yeah of course she was she she was all there and it's such a great insight i guess because that wasn't provided in the first season because we were following off of what we were told at least exactly for me. no for sure yeah same, same so time. i was genuinely surprised that she was like you know you didn't have to go choke the girl absolutely <laughs> and like even when she's like trying to back off of it yeah i don't believe it's done in fear she's just like no. i don't want to okay we're gonna just this is not gonna go anywhere yeah because she's you you understand very clearly like she she's not an idiot no obviously she's known what's been going on um that whole family is obviously very centered. Well, I don't know about now, but was very centered about like, let's keep the family going. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I mean, with all of them showing up for the chili. Yeah. You know, they're all there. I'll Why? still taste that man's chili. I want that. Yeah. To be it's apparently the best, the best there. And it's one um, multiple years. But even on top of that, like she calls Nate out and she's like, I don't know why you got so mad. And you could tell that she had an idea where it had to do with Cal. Right, but she didn't. I don't think she wanted to be honest with herself about why. Yeah. Because understanding that your child has watched those videos, what since they were thirteen, and they would just watch the new ones that would come in, basically, like, yeah, that'd fuck up any kid, right? Absolutely. And I don't think that her as a mom would want to acknowledge that that was the problem. Mm-hmm. You know. And she, you definitely. We're saying a lot of positives here, but she definitely lived in denial. She for did. For a good bit. She did. And that's why Nate saw her the way that he did. Absolutely. Right? His, his way of seeing... His view of his parents, both of them, are honestly pretty justified. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nothing he does is justified, but no. that is justified. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was very aware, you know, but she was as well. And I don't, I think that he was in denial about her being just as in the know about everything. That's fair. And you know? he might, I don't think it really touches on it. And it might just happen a lot because he ends up in relationships with women. Yeah. He might be a little sexist. Yeah, probably. It wouldn't be the most surprising thing. Yeah. I mean, with being obsessed with a partner instead of actually, like, having a... I don't know how to put it. Like, having an a obsession with a partner is not healthy. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. not... Obsession how, is different than love. Yeah, that's not how you should see, like, your significant other. Mm. You know, just in general. And that's very obvious with Nate. And that's a know? lesson... Granted, needs to go about a little different. Cassie needs to understand that too. She's not trying yeah. to obsess over anyone. She wants to be obsessed over. Yeah, if only she could have learned from Lexi. I know. <laughs> just watch the play. We should just if she was a real person, I'd be like, dude, watch that episode. Just again. watch, watch. It's play, so good. Yeah. Hey. So good. Um, but with that, I think we can get into some of our final thoughts here. Ernest, what are your, what are your final thoughts here, bud? So I said it on. I think last Thank you for participating, episode. Ash. I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> you know what? Never mind. <laughs> uh, so I said it on, I think, last week's episode. Um, like, I like this show. I fucking hate this show. That's right. And I love this show. And all of that. And you like, bounce through that as I'm each episode. And it, it still rings true. And I, I think I said it at the beginning of this as well. Like, I have some very defined feelings about this. Um, fucking... Like, going through it was a mess. I was a total mess. But That's looking fair. back on it is just so nice and such a relief. Like, it feels like that horse just stepped off of my chest. And I just have this weight off of me. And I feel, like, free from it. But at the same time, like, oh, man. Like, it took me on such a ride. And I'm so appreciative of this. Like, every single little aspect of this show is just so well done. From performances to score to visuals to, uh, to just everything, the directing, just storytelling, goodness, like it's all on point. It is. It is so tough to get this good of a show, man. Um, even like my favorite HBO show is is probably Game of Thrones, right? Like that. Is, God, let's hope this one ends better. Sorry, is, go on. That is far far from a perfect show, you know. Like there's scenes that could have been shot better. There's there's so many notes I could give on this shit. Euphoria is not like that. I have yeah. I have zero notes. My one like, note. Please keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Like everything here has been handled so well. I I, I have zero notes. Just please keep giving us keep that shit, baby. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I love this show. It's very obvious. I've made it very obvious to Chris. I've made it very obvious to Ernest. Everybody okay. around me. <laughs> I love this show. Um, From the storytelling of it, it breaks my heart, but in a good way, (laughs) but in a bad way. Just like how Ernest, it's it's such, it fills me with such conflicting emotions that no other show has been able to do. Some movies, yes, but with you know serious amounts of production, right? And it's one hour of content in a way, comparative to a whole TV series, and so. Euphoria is just on another level. And I think it shows what a series could actually be like if that thought is given into it. If the, like, love is given into it. That, like, I haven't come across anything that's like Euphoria. And by far, it is my favorite. Absolutely my favorite. I love it. 
I I want more A twenty four series. Fair. Yeah, because like if if this is the amount, I didn't. I knew it was A twenty four going into it because you told me. Um, and I'm fairly certain you told me. Oh, well, I saw it somewhere. <laughs> okay. um, oh, I think it was like on a top list. Of you'll A24 see it in the things. credits. It's an A twenty four production. But fucking, if if we're gonna get this type of quality from like their series, Absolutely. like can we please have more? And this is a, just a great example of not steal from anything. We'll, we'll keep going, but it's something I say for movies a lot and. Now I'm like, dude, TV shows too. You give a director the free range to do what they are imagining and their team, the, just the range, the just chance to go out there and not interfere, bro, you get magic. Well, even on top of that, like, I think one of the biggest things that I noticed about it is it's not influenced by an audience. Mm -hmm. So no one can come in and be like, I don't like trans people. I don't want a trans person on the show. Like, fuck you, dude. Don't watch the show. You know, they're, they didn't skip a beat when it came to just representing the kind of content that they wanted, mm. you know, but they listened to their actors like Zandaya had voiced that she didn't want to do any nudity. And you can tell on the first episode of the second season that they made sure that she wasn't, mm. you know, like even things like that. You don't have to have nudity in a TV show to like have it progress the way that it did. Euphoria did touch up on nudity though, and it fit when it did. It wasn't just for the factor of it, right? So they had raw content in a way that wasn't abused in any way to have that kind of content either. Yeah, but it also wasn't something that they were deterred to touch up on at, at any point because it was serious content either. You know, and I don't think that's something that we get all too often now in a lot of new TV shows or in a lot of new movies because they're afraid of like audience feedback. Whereas Euphoria just, they did it right. You know, I'm not saying that everything should have this kind of content, but in the case you do, like, the thought that goes into it. Yeah, own that shit, right? Don't be scared of what an audience might say about it. You'll find the right crowd, and Euphoria definitely does. (laughs) I definitely agree with that. Um, And I'm so glad that you pushed it on me, and we got the chance to talk about it. I honestly didn't know if you were going to hop on it too, Ernest. (laughs) I'm so glad you did. Um but this has been a great talk. This has been a great show. Yeah. Obviously, when season three comes out, we can just do a whole podcast episode about season three. Um, assuming you can make it your way through, Ernest. I'll do my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, promises, yeah, yeah. homie. <laughs> we can have like little wine nights and just drink, like, just fucking watch it. That great. would be And then amazing. cry. Can we, do <laughs> we can do face man. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be yeah. great. Um, but for my closing thoughts, I will, over, I will overall say I love the show. It's so good. It is crafted immaculately. I completely agree with you. It is definitely a thing I've seen. I think we, we can all say we've seen grow. Like television used to be one thing, and now it's it's not. That's that's very much simplifying it. It's it's, it's it's becoming more cinematic on the smaller screen and taking advantage of the longer amounts of time you have to get into know like your characters stuff like that. This show is completely character driven. Yeah. If you were to ask, obviously, if you put it like bare bones, what is the show about? Kids struggling through life. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, but it's so much more than that because it's the character arcs carrying this show. And it's so good. And for my full final thoughts, I want to highlight, because I have a tie for my favorite character. It's Cassie and Jules. I love Jules so much. I I was never mad at her. <laughs> Cassie. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> Jules, she's so... She matches 
it's like a her chaotic energy is much louder than um I was gonna do it again. Ruse. Ruse. <laughs> I mean <laughs> euphorias. Um <laughs> but uh just learning her story and the way she like she is such a she has such a good performance. Mm-hmm. And it's so there's no way like her character oh my god, I love her so much. Um, I love her makeup. I love her outfits. I love her entrance. You want to hurt me? I was like, uh, I fucking yeah. love you, Jules. <laughs> Fuck you, Nate. Oh, my God, dude. And she has so, like, her, she's so complex. None of, none of these people aren't. But for me, like, it just, it was like this, like, loud ringing of a character of just, like, learning about when she was in, institutionalized, like, at such a young age, after... Also, it's it's highlighted in here. She transitioned at an even younger age, and that's a huge thing for a person. Um, and then, like to see though those literally those two big actions reverberate through her character to where we are watching it in the present. It's insane. Um, when you get her special episode, we learn a lot about her mom. Her mom trying to make amends. Um, and then it's hard to say this, but no hate to her mom. It's great that she wants to make amends, but Jules is also completely also validated and being completely like, I don't, I don't have to forgive her. Mm-hmm. She did this. There are two sides of this coin and I'm not saying one's right or wrong. One has made mistakes. And I do believe Jules realized she may have made a mistake in her response to this, which is why I think she stepped up and did the right thing by Rue. Um, but it's just that there's so many beats with this character that I was just like, I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. And like, I just want to give her a, like a big hug and like the train scene. That's probably the closest. I was like, Oh, come on. Cause obviously that was, um, Rue's decision. She, right. It was her idea to get on the train ran with and it. she was running with it. And at first it's this sweet, like romantic thing. And then Rue understandably starts having it all set in what that will do, what that means, um, what she's leaving behind. And of course, there's a good daughter in there. She remem- remembers what that'll do to her mom. Um, but in that moment, uh, unfortunately, Jules gets a little swept up and she gets on that train. And I'm so glad it didn't last that long, that drama. <laughs> part, part of the thing that I admire about her so much too is that she just allows herself to get swept up in things yeah like just fuck it absolutely she is i think for me she's the most colorful character and that's not just because she definitely has some looks that are like very stand stand out ish Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but her personality and like it's and i think it's said early on like she she's a friend of cats yeah and like you don't even see her with cat till the the well i love uh, like there's one brief moment i always got a kick out of this was when she found out that Kat had never had sex. And she's like, "Like, we're in the 21st century. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You need to catch some dick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the most, like, I felt judged for Kat, you know? <laughs> and it's that's another great example of just modern storytelling. It's, yeah. it's with the times, man. And I haven't seen a character like Jules. A lot of these characters are very different. I'm not saying they're not. But Jules just was a huge standout for me. And I, I, I loved her so much. And I don't really care as that much about the Hunger Games. But her being cast in the prequel coming out, I'll probably check it out. I'm hyped for that shit. Yeah, because that's going to be a big, that's, that's a big movie break. And because of the like, style 
that they have with it. Like you saw Lenny Kravitz in that shit. He was perfect. Oh, I forgot he was in like, there. Fair fucking, enough. And like the, enough. the makeup and the hair and the colors and all that stuff. Like I, I just see Hunter in fitting it. Oh, fair. Fucking That's fair. Perfect. And I, I just want to see her in more. Honestly, yeah, for sure. um, little shout out for Cassie. She's in a very small role. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's last movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He, I need to watch that fucking movie, man. You've never seen it? I know. Blasphemy. Oh, my God. Sue She's. Me. Do you know the Sue farm me, where all the girls are on? She's one of the girls. <laughs> you see a close-up of her face as the like the camera's literally panning by, and that's it. But, hey, man, she's there. She's in a Tarantino She's movie. in a Tarantino. That's an IMDb credit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But. Doug Day shit. With that, Ashley, I think you have some lines for us. I do. <laughs> Oh, because right. we've talked about a lot of serious issues here today um, and we just want to put it out there that there's, yes. there's people you can reach out to yeah so um, we did talk about a lot of heavy topics one of which does have to do with suicide in regards to um, Rue's character um, somewhat with Cassie as well mm-hmm. um, but the suicide hotline number is 9888 so just 988 simple enough they made Absolutely. it three just to make it easier for everybody um, but then on top of that, I did find an addiction hotline number. There's quite a few. So if you're if it's not working for you, I guess you could find another one. <laughs> um, but this was the one that I did find. So it's 1-800-662-4357. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely utilize any resources you can. And if you're ever feeling down or having these negative thoughts, people would rather talk to you about it than have you go away. So absolutely Ernest. i'm always here for y'all absolutely and you know what we're always here for our listeners Ernest. where can the people find us so if you'd like to reach out to us and stay up to date with the show you could reach us on most of the social medias twitter as long as it exists fucking instagram facebook under the name of the show life is storytelling if you'd like to give us any feedback you can reach out to us at life is storytelling at gmail.com uh, we appreciate anything that you have to say. Tell us that we're beautiful. Tell us that we're awesome. Tell us that we're ugly. Either way, we love you, little babies. Tell us that we're euphoric. Um, but thank you guys for joining me today. But we will be back on Wednesday with an episode going over the late Kevin Conroy, um, reviewing Mask of the Phantasm and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, as well as just talking about the man himself a bit. Um, but with that, We'll go ahead and wrap things up here. Thank you all again and have a great week.